Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. special edition of the Michael Deacon program. Joining us tonight, he has returned, Mr. James Perloff. He is an author and researcher. He investigates the global elite's agenda to create a new world order through their use of media manipulation and false flag narratives. 
Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. Glad to be here. Actually, I'm proud to be here, matter of fact. Much respect to all of you out there and those outside of America for supporting this program. Also, hello to those out in DHS and the women of law enforcement out there. Not very many of them out there, so I am quite proud of them, truthfully. Now, tonight, we do have a plethora of topics to get into, but before we do... Let's bring in Mr. James Perloff, who is patiently waiting right now, and now I believe James is with us. James, what's going on? Uh, well, I think I'm on your show. Yes, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for having me back on, Michael. I think it's been over a year. It has been over a year. Can you believe it? Time has flown by. Ridiculous. And yeah, now the, the uh, events are flying by uh, faster oh, yes. than we expected. Definitely. And of course, we are joined by my co-host... Mr. Mike Hideous. Mike, what's going on? Hello, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem. I'm glad you're here, Mike. Thank you. Almost uh, almost wasn't before, but I'm here. Nice. Well, I'm glad we are all together like a big, happy, dysfunctional family. Indeed. That's always nice. So we're not too, dis- hello to you. Not too dysfunctional. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. And, 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 and hello to you, James. Uh, hi, Mike. So I guess I'll call uh, Michael Deacon Michael. I'll call you Mike. Yeah, that Indeed, works. That's usually how it works. Mike and Michael. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I love it. So, James, how are you? Are you staying coronavirus free out there? Yeah, that's not that hard to do, um, which is not to downplay the fact that uh, some people are stricken with it. But um, we'll be talking about coronavirus and what the real degree of uh, you know potential danger is in, in the course of the program. I, I wrote an um, uh, extensive article for my uh, blog, jamesproloff.com. I had been writing a book on 9-11, uh, which was taking up most of my time, but uh, this crisis has so overtaken the nation and impacted the nation so greatly that I, th- I think we all have no um, choice but to uh, confront it. And so an extensive blog post there uh, dealing with the, uh, the, you know, the lockdown, um, what they're doing with the numbers on this, the, the, the death numbers, um, how they've been toying with them, uh, also going into the degree of seriousness that does exist with the disease. Uh, but then we talk about uh, theories about the disease. As you know, there's a few out there. And finally, Many. The, uh, the, uh, the, the New World Order objectives, because it's definitely, you know, a, a deep state uh, agenda. Yes. And before we begin. Wow. Oh, yeah, Mike. And before we jump right into things, James, there's a lot to talk about. But before we do, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Just briefly. For those out there who have never heard of you before, James. Sure. Well, um, I guess you might say I got woke out of the matrix in 1978 when I read Gary Allen's book, None Dare Call a Conspiracy. You can see that dates me already. But I started writing for the John Birch Society in 1985 for their New American Magazine, which that went on, continued off and on for 27 years. And uh, the John Birch Society was really a leader in the um, anti-government conspiracy movement back in the 80s. I mean, they were the most organized force out there. Still have uh, many friends there and great patriots in that organization. I think they fell behind when they failed to really pick up pick up the ball on 9-11. And uh, other people um, started um, carrying the banner, um, I think, more than they. But um, 
uh, for myself, I started writing for them. I wrote a book in 1988 called The Shadows of Power, which is history of the Council on Foreign Relations. That became a bestseller for them. Still selling now. Unfortunately, last year they boosted the price way up from 10.95 to 24.95. And wow, I get it on Amazon. It costs minimum of 28. That's it's overpriced now. It makes it hard to access. But in the 90s, I wrote a couple of books. Um, well, late 90s, early. 2000s uh, on creation versus evolution, taking the creationist side. Uh, but after 9-11, um, I started to realize just how uh, very uh, critical it was to deal with the geopolitical uh, side of things. And so I started uh, writing more in geopolitics. I uh, started my own blog in 2014. I actually had a blog back in 2008, but uh, it was taken down through criminal action. Uh, but I did get one back up there. And uh, have been blogging pretty regularly up until last year when I started this book on uh, on, on 9/11. And uh, I do have uh, two books out uh, that are primers on the New World Order. Uh, one came out in 2013. It's called "Truth Is a Lonely Warrior." It deals with. Um, I tried to be as A to Z as I could. It starts out with the wars and the deceptions, the false flags that led us into them. Then it gets into the powers that be, you know, the Council of Foreign Relations, and it goes into the Fed and the money system, and then we get into media control. We go through, we try to go through everything, the Vietnam War, 9-11, secret societies, uh, I love that. weather control, you know. And But uh, I came out with a new book last year, which was, uh, it's, it's really a collective of my, some of the better-received blog posts that I've, I've put up, and brings us up to date with things like EMFs, uh, the most recent actions in the Middle East, um, and but also amplifies some of the things that Ali went into in relatively little detail in Truth is a Lonely Warrior. So that's called 13 Pieces of the Jigsaw, and yeah. um, it's, it's some of the best writing I've done. That's a really good book, by the way. I was going to put you over just now and say that is my favorite book that you oh, have okay. released. I actually own a copy. Oh, oh great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to, one thing, one reason I wanted to do that, you know, the censorship, as we know, it's really, they've really clamped down uh, with the COVID-19 thing, but with the censorship, you never know when you're going to be deplatformed. And I felt, you know, some of these better blog posts, I better put them in hard copy just so they're preserved because you never know when you're going to disappear from the cloud. That's true. You never know. And of course, you were once an RN, correct? Uh, I'm still an RN. Oh, you're still an RN. Um, yeah, that's the other thing that's kind of, I guess, relevant to tonight's discussion. I've been an RN since... Uh, 1975, so 45 years, longer than I've been a journalist. I graduated out of the BU School of Nursing, Boston University in 1975, which, um, if people look it up, it's not there now. Um, but when I went there, we had 600 students and had a big graduating class. But in 1988, that school closed. Um, and, uh, Michael Dukakis, the governor of Massachusetts, decided to um, make nursing education cheap by funding nursing schools would be state funded, that is to say taxpayer funded. And that made the tuition at BU too expensive for too many people and the applications dropped. And so they ended up closing the school. But yeah, I've been an RN for 45 years and I retired last year. If you have waited long enough, we probably could have been watching you dance around, James. Uh, dance around with the COVID-19 th- stuff? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a bad joke, but you know. I had to say it. <laughs> I had to get in well, there. I don't think I would have been dancing. I think I would have felt oppressed by all the extra gowning and gloving I would have had, and masking I would have had to do. Uh, by the way, uh, wearing masks uh, for prolonged periods is not good for you. You'll, you'll uh, rebreathe your carbon dioxide. It's not the way you're supposed to breathe. Well, you probably dodged the bullet. It's probably a good thing you're not out there, James. 
Yeah, I'm glad. Well, I, I prefer writing anyway. It's what I'm more skilled at. But actually, nursing always gave me a nice balance. You know, writing is very introvertive. It's uh, being behind a computer all the time or in the old days, a typewriter. But uh, I liked nursing because it was hands-on. It was people-to-people interaction. It was being on your feet. And if one thing I learned from was how to be organized. And that's something that actually kind of carried over into my writing was you know, to, to survive in nursing. And me, I'm not that fast on my feet. So... Uh, I had to learn to be no, you're a good uh, well organized to compensate for that. For sure, for sure. But before we wrap up with the dancing nurses here, you know, I just want to ask, what <laughs> did you make of the nurses dancing? Because I see it two different ways. Oh, oh, those dancing nurses. I yeah, I, yeah. I, I didn't realize you were talking about the TikTok. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll tell you this much: that I I worked in nursing, like I said, for for uh, forty four years, and we were always busy. Sometimes we're lucky to get lunch. Nobody had time to go dancing. What I, I don't, I've not investigated this TikTok. I've, I've seen it on Twitter. And, uh, my, my guess is that, uh, because the COVID-19, um, has not come out like they expected, the nurse hospitals overhired for it and these nurses have nothing to do. So they started to go in these dances. That's, I'm guessing that I'm, I really don't know that though, but I, I do know that that is not standard. I know that nurses work their, their butts off and, and almost doctors do too, at least during their internships. Well, I see. Yeah, nurse, nursing, go ahead, Mike. nursing is a, a very, um, well, first of all, it's a very noble profession. So I commend you on that. I've known a few nurses in my past as well as my present. And I also heard that it's a, a dying, uh, uh, career. Uh, it's very difficult to get good people to be nurses. So what you're doing is a noble thing, my friend. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, I do know that a lot of nurses have been laid off because, uh, we will get into this, but, uh, because of the COVID-19 thing, other non-COVID uh, services are being uh, de-emphasized with the result of a lot of people uh, losing their jobs within the medical and nursing fields. Yeah, the way I see it, really, I think perhaps some of them were just blowing off steam and some probably are just not doing what they're supposed to. I'm not quite sure what what to make of it, mm-hmm. to be um, honest. Right. Uh, yeah, that would be a good one to investigate. Like I say, I've never, I never saw anything uh, like that in my, my years of nursing. And again, we would not have had time for that. So I assume that these are nurses that have been overhired for COVID-19 and have time on their hands. Yeah, that's what it seems like. And what exactly are your thoughts when you listen to someone like Bill Gates, you know, a man who has <laughs> hurt many people who's responsible for hurting many innocent lives out there with his vaccines? What's your take? Uh, well, uh, the worst. I mean, this guy has no medical qualifications. I mean, um, me being a nurse does not make me an expert on on COVID nineteen. But Bill Gates has no qualifications makes you more, more than, at all. More than he is, it makes you <laughs> more qualified than he is. That's for sure. Yeah, he. Uh, well, uh, you know, Bill Gates. Um, he's got quite a background. You and his father. He said this himself. Was he said his father was the director of Plant Parenthood? I haven't really seen that verified, but I have seen verification that his father was at least on the board of directors of Planned Parenthood, which of course is the uh, number one uh, provider of uh, abortions in America. And you know, you look at this guy's background, you know, so much is bad. I mean, uh, he's uh, heavily invested in Monsanto, five, well, Monsanto's now bare, but he bought 500,000 shares of Monsanto, of course, which produces glyphosate, which is poisoning the world and GMOs. And then uh, I only discovered this recently that the uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation bought over 5 million shares of 
Crown Castle, which is a 5G provider, so it's into 5G. He's also, I understand, oh. into alternative meats. And um, he was, according to the New York Times, I, in my article, uh, by the way, with my article on uh, my blog post is called The COVID-19 Red Pilled. Um, uh, he uh, uh, was, according to the New York Times, he was very good friends with Jeffrey Epstein and met with him many times after Epstein was, was convicted oh, of no. uh, sexual crimes. He also has been a Bilderberger. And of course, you probably, probably heard this, that uh, Microsoft hired Marina Abramovich, the spirit cookie lady, to do a commercial. And they had to pull up. They were getting 40 <laughs> to 1 thumbs down on that. And of course, he's also totally into population control. Um, he said that uh, I'm going to quote his TED talk from 2010. He yeah, said, go ahead. The world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion now. If we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, which I, I could take to be a code word for abortion, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. Now, um, end quote. Uh, Mike, you were talking about. Um, uh, his background, uh, the harm he's caused with vaccines. Robert oh, yes. Kennedy had a, a Instagram post on April the 9th that enumerated many examples of the harm caused by his vaccines. Uh, if anybody's thinking about taking one of his vaccines for COVID-19. So I'm going to quote Robert F. Kennedy Jr., um, who, of course, is the nephew of President John F. Kennedy. He says, quote, Gates, Gates' obsession with vaccines seems fueled by a messianic conviction that he's ordained to save the world with technology and a godlike willingness to experiment with the lives of lesser humans. Promising to eradicate polio with 1.2 billion, Gates took control of India's National Advisory Board and mandated 50 polio vaccine, vaccines, up from five, to every child before age five. Indian doctors blamed the Gates campaign for a devastating vaccine-strained polio epidemic that paralyzed 496,000 children. That's almost half a million. Wow. In 2007, continuing the quote, in 2017, the Indian government dialed back Gates' vaccine regimen and evicted Gates and his cronies from the NAB. Polio paralysis rates then dropped precipitously. Now, continuing the quote, uh, in 2010, Gates committed $10 billion to the World Health Organization, promising to reduce population in part through new vaccines. In 2014, Kenya's Catholic Doctors Association accused the WHO of chemically sterilizing millions of unwilling Kenyan women from with a phony tetanus vaccine campaign. Independent labs found the sterility formula in every vaccine tested. After denying the charges, the World Health Organization finally admitted it had been developing the sterility vaccines for over a decade. And um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. goes on to, with more examples of death and paralysis and destruction caused by Bill Gates' vaccine. And he finishes up with this quote, Gates appears gleeful that the COVID-19 crisis will give him the opportunity to force his third will, third world vaccine programs on American children, end quote. So, wow. Uh, you know, how does this guy, how does this, you know, we were talking about this yesterday, Michael, and even a several times before yesterday's show. Right. How do these friggin' people get away with this? And it's all about the money, man. He, de- mm-hmm. he donated ten billion dollars to that that company, and 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 caused how many how many uh, what was it paralyzation to four hundred plus or four thousand plus children? How, how did they get away with it? That's insane, Mike. How do you get away with it? It's insane, but the guy has deep pockets. That's why, and he's friends and with that- hot, with people in high places, Mike. And that's the issue. 
And that's the thing, I, you know, it just, it, it really irks me. And we said the same thing about sure. if, if, if uh, you know, if we had done something like Hillary Clinton had done, we would be serving times life in prison. Immediately, yeah. But this, this, this SOB and his, his, uh, his thought of, of being able to create vaccines, you know what, just stick to the, the, the programs that you create for computers and shut the hell up. <laughs> I hate this guy. Really is a pain in my ass. By the way, there's been lots of rumors out there, lots of whispers out there, James, about Melinda Gates. Some people think that that's a man. I'm not quite sure if you uh, feel the same way. I, it's a little out there. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, I've seen that. Uh, I, I saw a video on it, and they talk about the chin and the shoulders and the, that uh, they, might, they might both be trannies. But I don't have an opinion on that. And, you yeah, know, that I don't know. Skill <laughs> that's not my business. Those physical characteristics. But I do know that that has been proposed and it was certainly said of Michelle Obama and that a number of people in Hollywood have uh, are alleged to be trannies. I just not an area that I've, I've, I've really yeah, studied. That's, that's not my area of expertise either. Uh, I'm not quite sure what to make of that. Always look for the Adam's apple. Very true. And not to sort of look down upon the the trannies out there that are listening who knows no offense to them everyone is free to do what they want here in america i won't look down on you for that go you do what you want to do it's okay and that's what that's the problem though james people are going to do whatever they want regardless uh, yeah. right now i think the problem is going to do whatever the government wants <laughs> oh, well that too now yeah let, let's talk about the lockdown let's talk about the lockdown going on the the human impact I know you had lots to say on that. Kick us off here, James. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I really wanted to uh, start with the lockdown because, you know, as to what COVID-19 is, there are different theories about that. But the lockdown's impact, I think, is the least theoretical aspect of this whole crisis. So um, putting COVID-19 in perspective, you know, uh, the, there's two things here. The, one is the economic impact and the other is the uh, loss of civil liberties. But from an economic standpoint, the last figure I heard was officially 30 million newly unemployed now. Um, that's if I, if I applied for unemployment benefits, but a lot of people can't even get through to the unemployment offices because they're so busy. So the number is probably higher and the 30 million does not represent all the families that are dependent on these people. Hundreds of thousands of businesses have shuttered their doors, maybe who knows how many will ever be able to open again because, you know, they can't pay their rent or their taxes. Um, and then here's something, um, a survey before the lockdown showed that 49, 49% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. So if you haven't got any income coming in, you can't pay your rent. You're screwed. You're a renter, you can't pay your, your mortgage if you, you own a house. And I know that there's going to be pressures on banks and landlords to make some exception for the COVID-19 situation, but if people lose their jobs permanently, then eventually they are going to be out on the street. And uh, of course, you don't have a job, you don't have health insurance. So right, right. how can putting all these people on the street with no health insurance and no home, how can that be healthy for America? That's one thing. And the other thing is um, another survey, this is from The Ascents. Uh, again, before the lockdown, 52% of Americans were maxed out on their credit cards. So that means they can't even use a credit card to buy essentials like food. And that's why we have all these bread lines forming in America. While at the same time, tens of thousands of acres of food are being thrown away by farmers who used to supply schools and restaurants. They can't, they have no market anymore. So we're in this just insane situation. I was reading on, um, I looked this up. I was just curious. 
what is the number one cause of stress in America? Because this, we're in an extremely stressful situation. The number one cause of stress in America before the lockdown was money already. So imagine what people are feeling now. And this is showing up in the calls to the, the great uh, increase in calls to suicide lines. Uh, the, um, April 6th, um, New York Times reported, uh, France has a 30, at that time, this is a, almost a month ago now, had a 30% increase in domestic violence. I'm sure that's going up. I saw a report from an ER that said they were not getting COVID-19 cases, but they were getting domestic abuse cases. If you saw, you must have seen this, um, censored, uh, video by, uh, Dr. Erickson and Dr. Masihi from California, Bakersfield. And they were talking about all the people coming to the ERs with children beaten up by their parents who have no job and turning to alcohol. We're destroying our nation over this COVID-19. So the economic impact uh, compared to the COVID-19 impact, way out of proportion. And, of course, um, something that they haven't been talking about yet. But, you know, with uh, with poverty comes crime. And we would be seeing that coming down the road as well. You know, Bill Gates is saying it's going to be a long, long time before we go back to normal. We have to wait till this vaccine gets ready. So, um, any any idea? This is to just a, this is for the sake of our health. Um, you die know, of uh, sickness, the James, powers, or the powers that be don't care about our health. Right, right, James. A <laughs> die of sickness or die of poverty. Which do you choose? Yeah, that's uh, the question. Both. Yeah, we're yeah. both. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, and, and of course, um, as far as um, Uncle Sam bailing people out, you know. America, you might as well say it's bankrupt. We have no reserves. We're 23 trillion officially in debt. And some people say it's much, much greater than that because there's so many, uh, you know, off the record, um, deficits that we have. But the only way they can get money to pay the unemployed is obviously through taxes, which they can't do because no people who aren't working can't be taxed. So they have to do it their usual way, which is borrowing from the Federal Reserve which means that they'll inflate the currency as usual and make prices go up. So you're going to pay through the nose either way. Uh, there's no free lunch on this. And then economically, this is a complete disaster and very, very destructive. It really who is. Who do you blame, James? Uh, well, the people at the top, you know, the people who planned this thing. The, I guess you could say directly whoever started this thing going, because it does seem to be a pandemic, as they say. Who do you think started it? Well, I think that, you know, it's uh, it's the usual deep state characters. I mean, it seems like they were having rehearsals for this with this stuff with the you know, trying to scare us with Ebola and the hazmat suits. And it seems like they had a number of dry runs for this, you know, the H1N1 when they were trying to suspend civil liberties even at that time. And I know we had people down in, in Massachusetts, our state house, they had legislation on, on the board that would have made mandatory vaccines and quarantine for H1N1. It seemed like they'd finally got the the right virus to, to make it happen. But I, I think it's, you know, people in the labs and people in, in, in the political sphere, especially though, who, you know, are, are imposing this lockdown and taking advantage of it. Right. And of course, we will be talking about 9-11. And of course, I wanted to mention anthrax. And if you recall all that that went on about the FBI admitting that they were spreading it around. Well, I have to go back and look at that. Um, there will be part of my book on 9-11, and I haven't really gotten into the Thanfrax aspect of it, but I understand it traced back to Fort Dietrich, which will come into our conversation on COVID-19 That's right. Uh, later on. I, I guess that what, we'll what, go full is that, what they say is that uh, the um, Americans weren't quite convinced uh, about this war on terror, and so after 9-11, so they had to push it uh, you know, a step further with the anthrax and mailing it to the you know important people and saying that, uh, you know, um, 
death to America and Israel and getting us going on these Middle East wars. Yeah. So uh, that was another example of using a, a sort of bioweapon to, uh, to further geopolitical aims. So we pretty much all of us are under the impression that this was definitely created in a mm-hmm. bioweapons lab. Um, well, yeah, and we, we'll talk about other theories as well as the bioweapon. But um, sure. yeah, the, the, the other thing I wanted to say about um, the impact of the lockdown is the uh, incredible loss of civil liberties. Um, oh, yes. Benjamin Franklin said, you know, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. And so they call it the, the control of virus now. And, um, you know, in, in my, my post, I go through the Bill of Rights and you see that freedom of worship has been taken away. I I believe this is the first time in the history of the world that Easter services have been canceled globally since Christianity was legalized by the Emperor Constantine in the fourth century. Uh, and we've had these ridiculous things going on, like, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. The first place that you can keep Target open, but and they can safely socially distance, but not a church. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, the governor of Kentucky and Andy Bashir said he was going to have anybody went to an Easter service without their license plate taken down. They'd be forcibly quarantined. Fortunately, a judge struck that down. But not all the judges are so good. Uh, Greenville, Mississippi. There's a pretty viral video by uh, Afro-American pastor Charles E. Hamilton, who runs King James Bible Baptist Church. He announced he was going to have a drive-up Easter service. And I, I think everybody's going to be in their cars. They'd all be socially distanced. But uh, when the police got wind of it, they had about a half a dozen. He's got a video of this. Half a dozen police cars descended to this church. He said, man, they don't do this for a drug bust or a murder, you know. And it's yep. like, so they were, take out the, they, the – yeah, they, go ahead. I was just going to say they ended up getting tickets. I believe they were $500 tickets uh, for each one that was in that parking lot. Oh, I didn't hear that part. Wow, that's incredible. <clears throat> yeah. It, it, that's happening all over the country now. Um, well, of course, another, another – a big one, of course, is the right to peaceably assemble and – you know, the, the worst example, I guess the most extreme example is Michigan with uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer saying you can't even visit your own mother or your close friend unless you're a caregiver. And so they're in yep. utter lockdown there. And then how about a right to a speedy public trial by jury? I mean, jury trials have been suspended due to the um, uh, supposed risk of getting COVID-19. And, you know, they may just keep this going and then just acclimate us to the idea that we're not going to have trial by jury anymore. And that's all kind of, you guys, I'm sure about the guy in Colorado who was playing t-ball with his daughter and got handcuffed in front of her. And the police weren't observing yep. any social distancing in the meantime. And in, in Cameron County, Texas, it's a $1,000 fine for not wearing some kind of face mask. Sedgwick County, Kansas, the, they've outlawed selling, uh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Sedgwick, they've, uh, got online forms to snitch on your neighbor. Really brings back the old Soviet Union, you know, to mind. And then Howard County, Indiana, they're the ones that banned selling books. You can't buy a book because it could, have, yeah, you know, that book might have uh, COVID nineteen. Now, well, you know, you know, if you listen to what doc, people like uh, Doctor uh, Judy uh, Mikovits and Doctor Rashid Buttar, they, you know, basic virology: a virus can't survive outside of a host. So it can't last for long on a non-living thing. So the idea that a book is going to have the virus on it, that Governor Whitmer said you can't buy seeds, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's become this invisible boogeyman, the COVID-19 cootie. Uh, and they're using an excuse to, to just destroy civil liberties, but it's even worse overseas. Singapore, um, if you're too close to a person, you can go to prison for six months or get a fine of up to $7,000. You know, oh, guys, some, of you, some of you, uh, our listeners, I'm sure saw 
the video of Tunisia where they have these robocops that are going around checking people's um, traveling papers. No, and, I haven't uh, seen that. And Greece, uh, Bishop Seraphim Stergiulis was arrested for having his church open for worship. In fact, by the way, uh, I just heard this privately. That privately, there's a monastery here in the United States that was raided by the police folding a worship service around uh, Pascha or Easter time. And uh, the police told them, we will permanently close your church, your, your monastery, if we catch you having another service. And then in Denmark, they passed a law authorizing the government to quarantine and vaccinate citizens without their consent. So this is just like this niche, this global police state that's going on. I made it, I make a lot of memes for Twitter. I made a one. You know, I wrote a book on the Council for Relations and uh, I can't quite use all the language that I put into it. But <laughs> it's a picture of David Rockefeller. See me. I went through all that, that BS, that CFR BS, but I could have just. <laughs> All That's I needed funny. was coronavirus to get my world government going, you know. So, so, um, yeah, the, the destruction of the economy, destruction of civil liberties is insane and is nowhere uh, near the proportion of risk from the, from the virus itself. So James, you are deeply religious and having churches sort of, um, closed down for a while here, that deeply offended you, correct? Well, uh, and, uh, yeah, well, not just offense, but the fact that, Basic constitutional rights were being uh, violated uh, by the government in an unprecedented way. And you don't think it was a good idea to sort of maybe play it out that way to sort of not risk others health, perhaps? Just curious. I mean, do I do I, do I think that going to church put people others, other people's health at risk? Sure. Only in the case of someone, as you would normally with a flu, if you're coughing or you're sneezing, of course you stay home, you don't spread it around. But this, I, well, uh, the first thing that struck me as a registered nurse when I heard about the, the lockdown was I said, this violates all the decades of history of, uh, quarantine. You quarantine the sick. You don't quarantine the healthy people. That makes no sense whatsoever. Um, it, it is, it has never been a practice. Uh, this is the first time we've seen it. Uh, you don't, uh, force healthy people to stay at home. It's just that, that the people actually, there's a, um, there's an epidemiologist, uh, with 35 years of experience, uh, Professor Newt Witkowski, and I do link to his 41 minute video from my blog post, COVID-19 red pill. And he says that what Dr. Fauci is doing with this lockdown is the exact opposite. He says in the quarantine, what you should do is yes, quarantine the sick and protect the elderly and people who are vulnerable, who people like who are immunocompromised or you have advanced lung disease. Sure. But the rest of the country should be out there working, he says. But what Dr. Fauci is doing is preventing the, the young, healthy people from developing herd immunity, which is what you want to do with any sort of flu um, like this. And by not having flu, uh, herd immunity, he says you're setting us up for a second round of this uh this uh, COVID-19 in the fall because people are not developing immunity to it. And, uh, and when you hear Bill Gates talking about pandemic two, Dr. Fauci saying how this will come back in the fall, we see that that's exactly what's going to happen. It's happening because of Dr. Fauci's, uh, the policy that he's dictating. By the way, there was a bishop, Bishop Gerald Glenn, who famously said God is larger than COVID-19. And, yes. uh, and ironically, he died of COVID-19. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Well, you know, we should probably talk that's, about. That's first of all, before we, we talk about the COVID nineteen death rates, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we first we'll have rewind. Quite a few experts, because uh, in my article, you know, uh, 
I, I've tried to stay away from speculation and quali- uh, stick to quoting people with PhDs in microbiology, sure, and virology, sure. and epidemiology. Uh, so first, again, I'm going to quote three people for you. The first is um, Sukrit uh, Bhakti. He's a uh, a uh, former head of the uh, Institute for Medical Microbiology in Germany and a very respected uh, infectious disease specialist. And here's what he said, quote, the government's anti-COVID-19 measures are grotesque, absurd, and very dangerous. The life expectancy of millions is being shortened. The horrifying impact on the world economy threatens the existence of countless people. The consequences of, on medical care are profound. Already services to patients in need are reduced. Operations canceled. Practices empty. Hospital personnel dwindling. All this will impact profoundly our whole society because of nothing but a spook. Uh, next quote is from Dr. Joel Kettner, former chief provincial public health officer of Manitoba. He said, quote, I'm going to say that in 30 years of public health medicine, I've never seen anything like this, anything near like this. And I'm not talking about the pandemic because I've seen 30 of them one every year. It's called influenza and other respiratory illnesses. We don't always know what they are, but I've never seen this reaction and I'm trying to understand it. And the third quote I'll give you, and there's many more uh, um, that I link to or quote in my blog post, but this is from Professor Klaus Puschel, which is a kind of segue into our next subject, which sure. is inflation of the death rates. Uh, he's head of forensic medicine in Hamburg, Germany. He says this quote, the astronomical economic damage now being caused is not commensurate with the danger posed by the virus. I'm convinced that the corona mortality rate will not even show up as a peak in annual mortality. In Hamburg, for example, not a single person was not previously ill has died of the virus. All those we have examined so far had cancer, a chronic lung disease, were heavy smokers, severely obese, or suffered from diabetes, or had cardiovascular disease. The virus was the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. COVID-19 is a fatal disease only in exceptional cases but in most cases is a predominantly harmless viral infection, end quote. So I just want to, um, you know, let people know that there are highly respected, qualified PhDs out there, uh, qual- uh, far, far more qualified than Bill Gates, that are saying that this lockdown is far worse <laughs> than the disease. And I'm not arguing with you on that at all. Not one bit for sure. I agree with you. Everyone has a different perspective on this and. I'm still someone who thinks maybe perhaps I might have contracted COVID-19 a long time ago since I'm out here in California. So chances are I probably caught it at one time or another very early on in the game, uh, James, because I had some weird sort of bug, I guess we could, we could call it for, for about three days. And I had all the symptoms except, uh, the shortness of breath. Mm -hmm. I had the headache. I had the. The fever, I had a light cough, the nose was runny. Maybe it was just the flu, but it went away rather shortly. Yeah, it, it's a dust for most people. But I'll tell you a story. Uh, my Go wife ahead. actually has a cousin who lives out in California, and um, she was uh, was a distant cousin, distant relative. And um, she was in her 20s, and this would be f- shortly before the whole thing, Wuhan thing broke out. But she visited her, her boyfriend in the hospital, and... She, Four days later, she was dead, and we're all shocked. We got the news, and the report was she died of pneumonia. And I said to my wife, I said, I've never heard of a person dying of pneumonia in four days. and uh, But she did, according to the at least what the hospital claimed. And looking back, and I have to think that she probably had an early form of COVID-19. And this is something I wanted to stress, by the way. 
is that I don't want people to think that we're saying that COVID-19 is a hoax or it doesn't exist. It right. does exist. Right, right. And um, uh, I actually have a friend who is a MD, works at a major hospital, and she's totally red-pilled. You'd love this person. She's nice. been a guest on SGT Report twice. I've met her, and she's a great lady. She's also a Christian, former atheist feminist, and she's totally, <laughs> wow, she's told, so spot on now. But she's also medically completely literate. She will be have her uh, her her smartphone in hand and she'll be quoting, she'll be showing you medical stuff one moment, quoting the Bible, Bible verses the next. She's an amazing lady. But I asked her what's going on in her hospital because it's a big city hospital. He said, yes, we've definitely got COVID-19 patients. I said, is it different from the flu? She says it is. And what makes it different guys is that most people get no mild or moderate symptoms and even even webmd says most people get mild to moderate symptoms but she's what makes it different she says is that some people get this severe reaction and the name for it and you can look this up it's it's you know it's a it's called uh cytokine storm it's a autoimmune reaction when the for some people it's a small percentage we don't know why but a small percentage of people uh when the virus invades their lungs the lungs go into an autoimmune response very rapid and it can be fatal. And that's what sets off uh, COVID-19. I asked her her opinion. She did not really have a strong opinion as to why some people do. She said she didn't know if it's genetic. I recently heard Strange. Judy Mikovits act up, asked about this and unfortunately the subject changed during the interview and she didn't fully answer it, but I kind of got the impression she that it had something to do with the multiple flu vaccines that people have had to so many strains of um, uh, of flu that uh, you know we'll talk about the strange COVID nineteen has elements of SARS in it has elements of uh, AIDS in it as well as coronavirus and it this is one reason why people think it's bioengineered and it appears that some people have been set up to uh, hyper react to it their immune system. Uh, but again, I'm not saying that's correct, and I'll have to say that this is not a decided matter. We'll also talk about, if we have time, we'll talk about Stephanie Seneff, who has a unique take, take on this as well. Um, but uh, it is, it, did, it does exist. And I also, she also clarified something that uh, this this doctor I'm talking about, that if you watch her on SGT report um, or listen to her, she's called Dr. B. We keep her name confidential to protect her practice because she is very outspoken about things like abortion. But um she um, she clarified one thing. I asked her, what about these videos you see on alt media? People go to hospitals and they look quiet and people are saying that COVID-19 must be a hoax. And she clarified this and it's an important point. She said the reason hospitals look quiet is because just like the rest of us, they're in lockdown, meaning that all non-essential services, all elective surgeries and even preventative care are getting canceled. Plus, people are terrified to go to the ER thinking they'll get the COVID-19 due to all the panic headlines. So the fact of the matter is the hospitals do look quiet, but she says they do have a lot of COVID-19 patients in her uh, hospital. Their um, intensive care unit is not overwhelmed, she said, but very busy with COVID-19 patients. So the hospitals look quiet, but it's not because there's no COVID-19. It's because all non-essential services, so-called, have been canceled and a lot of doctors and nurses have been laid off. Uh, which is also, you know, something dangerous. And one of those doctors I quoted earlier was warning about what, what that, uh, you know, the implications of that for our, for our health system. But those are some clarifications. So it is, it is a dangerous, 
uh, thing uh, when you get this uh, hyper autoimmune reaction. It does set it off from the normal flu. But as we'll look at next, the death rates are being exaggerated. Definitely. And I was never on that bandwagon of the whole empty hospital movement and empty parking lot movement that was started by someone I, I just don't have uh, too much uh, quote unquote faith in, to be honest with you. That's just a, a polite way of putting it for you there. Uh, person doesn't have a G in their name, do they? Uh, they do actually. Yes. That, oh, okay, that would yeah, be him. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, let's talk a little about the COVID-19 death rates because, um, go ahead. I tried to break it down in my article, three reasons why the COVID-19 death rates are being exaggerated. And they've been exaggerated not only by the media, um, uh, the media has been going out of its way to panic people. You, you know, they talk about, uh, alt media having fake news. Well, uh, yeah, I'm sure you guys know that CBS News was caught using footage of a Italian ICU <laughs> and saying it was New York. And um, as far as politicians go, there's a pretty viral video uh, out there um, uh, by Candace Owens. You know, she got a couple million Twitter followers where she just called out Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont for saying that an infant had died and his death was linked to COVID-19. She was familiar with the case. She knew people who were involved. And actually, the, the infant uh, or child died from um, a home accident, and they just happened to test him for uh, COVID-19, and then the governor said it was linked to COVID-19 and panicked a lot of young mothers thinking that the children, and she just called him out and said he should be forced to resign. But let's, let's talk about the reasons why the COVID-19 death, death rate is not as high as it is. I have a, a, a video in my blog post. Uh, it's from uh, Vernon Coleman. It's a... MD in the United uh, Kingdom, and he points out that uh, people who are dying are getting tested for COVID-19, but people who are just having mild symptoms or no symptoms, they're not getting tested. And so the result is that people who are dying are unduly weighted in the sample. And so this gives the impression that the death rate is higher than it is. That's one That's one reason. I still wouldn't um, get it, though, James, to be honest with you. I don't think I would want to get SARS-CoV-2 and get that HIV strain in there. I'm cool with that. I, I don't want to risk that. Oh, oh definitely. <laughs> to be honest uh, with definitely. you. Good Lord. Yeah. So hopefully yeah, I, I didn't contract it early. I, I really don't want to know what's going to happen to me um, 10 years from now. Because the immune system will be compromised after contracting this virus for sure. Um, well, I'm not, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure, but they do say it does uh, impact people a second time. Sometimes uh, China's they've been talking about that happening in China. So we'll, we'll talk about the we'll nature happens, of yes. uh, the disease. But uh, I just wanted to mention too that uh, it's interesting that even Dr. Fauci uh, admitted that um, the uh, the reporting uh, inconsistencies could be overstating the death rate. And he actually had an article that he crow wrote with. Uh, Robert Redfield of the CDC and uh, Dr. H. Clifford Lane. And this is the March 26th issue of New England Journal of Medicine. The article is called COVID-19 Navigating the Uncharted. And this is what Dr. Fauci and his colleagues wrote, quote, patients had a wide spectrum of disease severity. If one assumes that the number of asymptomatic or minimally symptomatic cases is several times as high as the number of reported cases, the case fatality rate may be considerably less than 1%. This suggests that the overall cl clinical consequences of COVID-19 may ultimately be more akin to those of a severe seasonal influenza 
which has a case fatality rate of approximately 0.1%, end quote. Again, that's from Dr. Fauci saying it may not be much worse than a regular old case of the flu. Um, and then we have more studies, though, that since then, uh, this April, uh, Stanford University put the death rate at between 0.12% to 0.2%, just a little above seasonal flu. And then I mentioned doctors Daniel Erickson and Art Mitsihi. This is These guys had 4 million views on YouTube before YouTube censored their video. And by the way, I just want to say that this was outrageous, and I was glad that Tucker Carlson called out YouTube for censoring this video because you're just talking about two veteran doctors quoting statistics uh, – from their own investigation, they'd, they'd sampled more patients for COVID-19 than anybody else in their county in, in, um, in California. And they put the U.S. death rate at 0.3%, which is well below seasonal flu. And they said it's time for America to go back to work. There's no reason for this lockdown. But that didn't agree with Bill Gates and Fauci. So they were censored. And this is amazing. Uh, there's a local station out in Bakersfield, California, that did a report on this, uh, W A uh, sorry ABC twenty three and YouTube censored their video reporting that you know even the mainstream ABC local station had its video taken down by YouTube because it didn't agree with the official story. If that doesn't tell you uh, something about what's going on with YouTube, yeah, that's very unusual that that even happened. Yeah, it, it shows how much they're they're determined to get a particular agenda across. Definitely, I I didn't catch that video, but if it's the one you are referring to. Uh, I think I have the basis of it down. Yeah. Well, you know, I actually, after they they, they took it off, and then so I, I keep updating my blog post because YouTube keeps censoring videos I've linked to. Unfortunately, somebody else put a, uh, it's not quite the exact same video, but it's basically the same video up, and I have linked to that. In the meantime, I have a tech friend, and I've had him made make copies of various videos so that if they're permanently removed, I still have a, a means of uh, linking them to, to my article. But um, I wanted to re- mention the second of the three reasons why the death rates are inflated, and that is that they're conflating COVID-19 with other causes of death. This is a big one, actually. Uh, I already mentioned um, uh, this professor, Klaus Puchel, who said in Hamburg, uh, everybody they were testing that died from COVID-19 had some pre-existing disease. Now, it's interesting. April the 9th, a German study put the death rate there from COVID-19 at just 0.3%. And that's pretty realistic. Italy, now on the other hand, was reporting a 10% death rate from COVID-19. And that really alarmed people. But here's what is interesting, guys, is the Italian government has now stated that 99% of the people in in Italy already had a pre-existing morbidity. In other words, they had advanced cardiovascular disease, cancer or lung disease, etc. And uh, only 1% of those deaths in in, um, Italy could be attributed to COVID alone which means their true death rate was about 0.1%, uh, not 10%. Um, so uh, by saying that people – in fact, you know what? I just saw this today. This is just on Twitter. I'm going to quote this. Uh, this is pretty interesting. It shows you how widespread this is. Um, this is a letter from a British newspaper, and it says, quote, My mother died last week in a care home at age of 98 when I brother registered her death as expected the cause given was frailty due to old age be surprised to see that the doctor certifying the death had added presumed COVID-19 an inclusion that also shocked the home's manager the day before her mother died my brother was allowed to sit with her for an hour his temperature was checked before he was admitted but there was no form of isolation none of the home staff were wearing personal 
protective equipment. If doctors are attributing all deaths in care homes to COVID-19, it makes nonsense of any statistics and does great reputational damage to both individual care homes and to the care industry as a whole. And I won't give the man's name, but he gives his location as Christchurch, Dorset in England. Interesting. So, um, because they're, they're caused their, uh, oh, another one is, um, this just came out too. Uh, if you go to the, it's, uh, from, uh, the, uh, Veritas, uh, website. They've got, um, a 10 minute video clip of funeral home directors in New York City saying that, um, they're getting all these, um, uh, reports of, uh, deaths that are being attributed to COVID-19. And, uh, it appears that, uh, Bill de Blasio, the, um, mayor of New York City is really taking a lot more funding. This is their guess. At least one of them guessed this, that he's trying to get more federal funding because he'll get more federal funds if it's listed as a COVID-19 death. And all this kind of brings us, uh, pause me anytime, guys. I know I'm kind of. That's okay. I was. Um, That's okay. The third, the third reason is the death certificates themselves. Um, there was a really good interview between Laura Ingraham on Fox and Dr. Scott Jensen on the death certificate issue. And she quoted the new CDC guidelines, which state, quote, in cases where a definite diagnosis of COVID cannot be made, but is suspected or likely, it is acceptable to report COVID-19 on a death certificate as probable or presumed. Well, Dr. Jensen, and was a practicing physician, was outraged. He said that the CDC's own guidelines on death certificates uh, focus on what he called precision and specificity. He also mentioned in this interview, by the way, that hospitals get an, a $13,000 bonus if they list uh, a patient as having COVID-19. Yeah, that's what I read. Kind of, yeah. kind of odd that that would even be. We've, heard, we've actually heard yeah, that we've heard from that. A, a couple of guests that we've had on, on the show. Right. Yeah. And uh, a branch of the CDC, National Vital Statistics System, says, quote, COVID-19 should be reported on a death certificate for all decedents where the disease caused is assumed to have caused or contributed to death. And um, so this is uh, for the, all these three reasons I just mentioned, guys, the COVID-19. We don't know the true COVID-19 death, but we when they say know. that right. it's 60,000 dead. Well, actually, you know what? There were 60,000, 61,000 reported deaths from seasonal flu in the 2017 to 18 flu season. Nobody talked about lockdown or wear a mask or anything like that. But there's 60,000 that according now uh, deaths from COVID, we probably won't be able to determine the true rate because of all these shenanigans that are going on to exaggerate the death rate. Right. We, it's still public. it's still very early in the game, James, for sure. So we, right. don't, well, we don't have yes, all the facts yes, the just in yet. could go up. But based on what we're seeing and the fact that they're so casual in reporting deaths as COVID-19, True. Uh, I, I think see it's that. reasonable to say that um, the death rates are not going to be anywhere. And, you know, Dr. Fauci was talking about 2 million, then he cut it to 200,000, then he cut <laughs> right. it to 60,000. You know, they, they play with numbers to, to, to frighten the public. It's very hard to trust any of these individuals, especially knowing their background and what they were up to uh, 2015. Going back to the um, the P4 yeah, lab, um, you know, the, us, uh, into the whole question of what COVID nineteen really is. Right. There's several theories, and um, uh, the first one I'd like to talk about is one that when you talk about people's backgrounds and that maybe a reference to Dr. Fauci. But maybe we should uh, uh, maybe we should save that for a break since we are coming up on on the 
a oh. second hour here. We've been flying by, and I know you wanted a, a break a little early here, oh. so we could definitely oh, do uh, that. Yeah, I think it's always good to get, take a break during uh, a program like this. I think uh, we have an hour's worth of material left to go. Oh, we, yeah, than that. So we've still got a lot. want to take a break, um, I don't know how you run this. Do you, do you play music? What do you guys do? Yeah, I'm going to play a little uh, song or two here for the people in the chat room. But before we go to the break, you know, there this thing is very new, and... I, I pulled up an article here about nicotine that it may or may not help fight the coronavirus. And then there's articles that say vaping and smoking increases risk of catching COVID-19. So, I mean, there's all sorts of information that we we just have no idea if it's actually true or not. Yeah. I can't one, imagine I think smoking one thing we know COVID-19 for sure. when, when I, it, you know, you're talking about your lungs. I just... Have a, you know, I, I don't know what the theory is there. That sounds... It's a little just, odd. Uh, you know, off the top of my head, it sounds very unlikely. But I haven't read the article. But there are statistics that say those that are smoking aren't really catching it as much as those who don't. Huh. Well, that's fascinating. That's very odd. You just you, you just have to look it up. There's different uh, okay. stats going on. Uh, plenty of stats to look up by France. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry about that. Oh, that's right. Uh, I was just going to say, I think that the one thing we can all agree on, uh, well, maybe I'm not sure about you, James, but I think we're pretty much uh, on the track that this was um, most definitely a product of China. Um, uh, it was bounced back and forth from the United States, Canada, and China, but China, from what we, from from the interviews we've done on this show with with multiple people on the inside, uh, mm-hmm. both military and um, former CIA or FBI, uh, and even doctors have all said that uh, this this virus is a a manufactured bioweapon of mm-hmm. uh, unconventional warfare, uh, most likely and, and probably probably definitely created in China. Um, there's been a lot of talk about how the Obama administration had financed it um, uh, and how now that President Trump is finding out about it, there's a uh, talk about having uh, taken back the initial money that they were granted to create this thing. Um, right. So there's definitely that. There are a lot of facts that are Somewhat confusing and some uh, contradicting, but um, all, all, all we, we everybody knows at, right at this point right now, we just need to get this country and the world, for that matter, up and running. Pretty this, much. This has got to be fixed. Just to tag on to that, it was actually Obama who halted the operation after learning there were certain mishaps going on, mishandling of the virus. This goes back to uh, 2015. And of course, Dr. Fauci was there, of course. He uh, spent big money in Wuhan, by the way, and there's lots of connections between uh, Soros and Bill Gates and, God, who knows, even the, the Hillary Foundation, the, the Clinton Foundation as well, plays a role into all the funding that goes on. And all this stuff, um, you could look it up. Anyone can. It's really insane. But yes, um, COVID-19, SARS and bar, uh, bat SARS, and also HIV, allegedly inserted into this uh, deadly virus. Yep, making it as deadly as it is. And, and, and I don't know about you, James, but I know a couple of people. Um, uh, I do know a friend of mine who just I talked to, oh, 
I'm going to say two weeks ago, he told me he lost four, one, two, three, four of his friends in two weeks. And it was all from one family. Uh, a grandfather had gotten sick. The grandfather passed on the uh, virus to the uh, mother, then passed on the virus to the sister, and then the son. And then within two weeks, every one of them was dead. Wow. Tremendous. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, it's, and it's I also had a cousin. Insane. I also had a cousin who had uh, had gotten uh, infected uh, very seriously. It had the infection had moved up to his brain, and uh, fortunately, he is now doing better. Knock on wood. Thank you. And um, so, yeah, there, there. I don't know how many people you know out there, James, that you know may have caught the virus or have dealt with it, but I I have actually had a couple people that um, have gotten sick. Right. Like I say, my uh, wife uh, has a uh, uh, relative who died very similarly four days from pneumonia. They said before anybody heard of COVID-19, this is last year, a little bit before the Wuhan, that was, out, that was in California. And um, uh, I should mention, too, that uh, my red pill doctor friend who I spoke to, she said that she does have um, and they're in their ICU. They do have some young people um, a couple with no pre-existing morbidity. So there are, there are people who do get a very severe reaction, uh, to this, uh, most seem to have pre-existing diseases, but not necessarily. There are some people that, and that, and they get this, uh, again, that we call this cytokine storm right. with this, this very intense, potentially fatal reaction, which by the way, they're having good, uh, success treating with, uh, hydrochloroquine and zinc. Um, but it just it definitely, um, a morbidity that is striking people. And I, I know there's a town here in Massachusetts where a couple, uh, I don't know the story well, but a couple of first responders came to visit someone who was sick and the first responders died. So there are some, some people who are not necessarily already sick who are dying from contact with, uh, with, uh, other COVID-19 victims. Yeah. Look at all the Navy sailors that catch it and they're healthy as can be. Yeah, I right. think there was something like just, nine, nine hundred, nine hundred people got infected, and one uh, Navy officer died. That's insane. But yes, um, I'm under the notion, uh, James and Mike, and Mike, you've heard me say this already, but it's it's insane, really. If it's true, if it's true, if this was worked on in China, then sent here to be worked on at Fort Detrick, and of course sent to Canada and then back to China. It just leads me to think perhaps it wasn't finished, James, this virus that they were messing with. Maybe it's not a complete product yet. That's just an yeah. assumption, by the way, James. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just yeah. jumping to conclusions well, here. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess we're, if we're coming on a break, we could probably uh, yeah. start on the second other side of the break talking about the various theories. You know, there's the... Uh, the bioweapon theory, some people have also talked about 5G, and there's a, at least a couple other theories that are out there that I think are at least worth mentioning. Yeah. Uh, and we no won't doubt. dwell on them, but I think could be mentioned um, regarding the, the nature of COVID-19. But, yeah, I think that the bio the bioweapon one is one that uh, uh, has had some meritorious analysis and discussion. It has legs, no doubt. So, Mike, hang tight. We are going to go on a break. Uh, we'll be, right. well, yeah, we'll be back in about five or less. Okay. Five sounds okay. good. All right, Mike, hang tight. And of course, James, we are going to go on a quick little break here. And it's now that time to go to maybe the fridge or the bathroom, whatever it is you have to do. 
Now is the time, James. <laughs> okay. well, well, thanks very much. I hope your uh, listeners enjoy the music. They probably be taking a break themselves. Oh, yes. Uh, of a similar vein. So, All right, brother. Hang tight. We'll okay. be right back. Yeah. Back in about five. Yes, yeah. sir. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. That is the sound of Mr. James Perloff. And we are set to go on a little break here. And when we return, round two. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. And welcome back, boys and girls, for round two. And I believe we are joined with Mr. Mike Hideous. Mike, are you out there? I'm here. Very nice. And of course, let's bring in Mr. James Perloff, who I'm sure is refreshed from that break. James, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, ready to go. Very nice. Very nice. And we were just underway into another deeper conversation here right before the break. Yeah, we're talking about um, the, the theories of what COVID-19 is, and uh, we're t starting to talk about bioweaponry. I think you guys will have some great insights, it sounds like, from your recent guests about this more than I will. But um, one of the first persons, uh, as I was researching this, that gave me a tip on bioweaponry uh, was Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Um, unfortunately, he's come into conflict recently with Robert F. Uh, Kennedy Jr. Um, but uh, he's got four degrees from MIT, including a PhD in biological engineering. He says that there's a very high probability that um, COVID-19 is bioengineered. He says that there's too many genetic changes that allow it to attest to genetic, uh, human genetic receptors. And um, I, I embedded a three-minute video from him on my, my web article. And then uh, another is Professor Francis Boyle. I'm going to read his biography uh, a little bit from the Illinois, Illinois College. It says, quote, he drafted the U.S. domestic implementing legislation for the Biological Weapons Convention, known as the Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act of 1989. And it goes on to talk about it was approved by both houses of Congress unanimously and signed into law by President Bush, um, the first President Bush. And I've got a clip from him where he talks about there are peer-reviewed scientific papers from France, Australia, and India confirming that this is genetically engineered. And I quote, I'm going to quote from one of those papers. It's from uh, the Kazuma School of Biological Sciences in New Delhi by nine scientists who said, quote, we found four insertions in the spike glycoprotein, which are unique to the COVID-19 virus and are not present in other coronaviruses. And they call these characteristics uncanny and unlikely to be fortuitous. In other words, very improbable to have come about by chance. Now, that paper was, has been marked withdrawn, but let me just tell you what uh, Luke Montagna says about that. He's He won the Nobel Prize for co-discovering the HIV virus. Uh, he says it is definitely a bioengineered weapon, and he says the Indian researchers were, quote, forced to withdraw their findings as the pressure from the mainstream was too great. End quote. And another one, this is one of my favorite speakers. It's Dr. Rashid Buttar. And um, he called attention to this uh, article in Nature back in 2015, November the 12th issue. Now, Nature's added a disclaimer because they're all under pressure. The, the disclaimer says, oh, you know, COVID-19 was just naturally formed. But he says, read the article for what it says. And what it says 
in 2015 was, quote, an experiment that created a hybrid version of a bat coronavirus, one related to the virus that causes SARS, has triggered renewed debate over whether engineering lab variants of viruses with possible pandemic potential, pandemic potential is worth the risks, end quote. And it goes on to talk about how these researchers obtained a specimen from Fort Detrick of SARS and they formed a chimera, a hybrid virus with gain of function. I mean, they gave it the extra ability to attach to human cells. And uh, again, quoting the uh, article in Nature, it says, quote, but other virologists question whether the information gleaned from the experiment justifies the potential risk, although the extent of any risk is difficult to assess. Simon Wayne Hobson, a virologist at the Pasteur Institute, points out that the research has created a novel virus that grows remarkably well in human cells. If the virus escaped, nobody could predict the trajectory, he says, end quote. And the uh, what, what Dr. Um, the article points out, what Dr. Buttar emphasizes is this research had been banned in the United States, but an exception was made for this experiment, which was carried out at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, with a com- combination of American and Chinese scientists, including a virologist from the Wuhan Level 4 Bioweapons Lab, and um, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. actually uh, put this on social media, uh, quote, media darling Anthony Fauci, who funded the risky lab experiment to create a novel coronavirus from Chinese bats, now spins the official narrative that the pandemic began in China. Well, maybe it did. But um, now uh, even Newsweek has jumped on board. This is a new quote I had to add it to my article. This is from Newsweek. Uh, issue of October 29th, I'm sorry, excuse me, um, April 29th, uh, quote, just last year, the National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Diseases, the organization led by Dr. Fauci, funded scientists at the Wuhan Institute of Virology and other institutions for work on gain-of-function research on bat coronaviruses in 2019 with the backing of the National Institutes of Health, committed $3.7 million over six years for research that included gain-of-function work. The program followed another 3.7 million five-year project for collecting and studying bad coronaviruses, which ended in 2019, bringing the total to 7.4 million. Many scientists have criticized gain-of-function research, which involves manipulating viruses in the lab to explore the potential for, for infecting humans, because it creates a risk for starting a pandemic from accidental release. And, and, quote, and it goes on to talk about how Dr. Fauci has refused to respond to Newsweek. So this is starting to get around now. I mean... But this is really looking like it started in North Carolina. It was perhaps continued in China, but with U.S. backing. Right. Um, and it's starting to look like this could be a very realistic explanation of the beginning of COVID-19. It seems like it for sure. And I think I have some audio here of Mr. Bill Gates making a prediction way back in 2017. Let's read right. the audio. Bugs, big bombs. Please welcome Mr. Bill Gates. Yes. Clap away. We also face a new threat that the next epidemic uh, has a good chance of originating on a computer screen of a terrorist intent on using genetic engineering to create a synthetic version of the smallpox virus or a contagious, contagious and highly deadly strain of flu. So the point is that we ignore the strong link between health security and international security at our peril. Whether it occurs by the quirk of nature or at the hand of a terrorist, epidemiologists show through their models that a respiratory spread pathogen would kill more than 30 million people in less than a year. And there is a reasonable probability of that taking place in the years ahead. This is also where we see...
any epidemics. And that's where it cuts off. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it's interesting that Fauci also predicted, I think, in 2017 that uh, um, there would Trump. definitely be a pandemic during yeah. the Trump administration. So, that, And now that they're both talking about another pandemic. You know, Gates is talking about this pandemic, too, as we mentioned. Well, you know, uh, one of the questions that's been raised is, you know, did it? Did the Wuhan lab just accidentally leak it? Uh, you know, it's just an accident leak and it wound up at this Wuhan seafood market. You know, the official explanation is that it was from bat soup at a seafood market, but that's never been proven because I've never identified patient zero, the uh, first person to be infected. I'm going to give you several reasons why I think that this was a deliberate outbreak and not accidental. Nice. The first, first, I know many of your listeners and certainly you guys know about event 201. Sure, sure. But, uh, just to quote health impact news, um, quote, in this report, we take a look at event 201, which took place in New York City on October the 18th, 2019. Event 201 was a high level pandemic exercise hosted by the John Hopkins Center for Health Security in partnership with the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. This is extremely fascinating because this pandemic simulation exercise of a coronavirus took place about six weeks before the first illness from the coronavirus was actually reported in Wuhan, China. And, um, and quote, if you look at the, the um, footage that they have of Event 201, they're talking about using social media uh, giants to silence critics of the government's response to the pandemic. And to quote uh, Event 201's own website, it says, it involves, quote, the outbreak of a novel zoonotic coronavirus transmitted from bats to pigs to people that eventually becomes efficiently transmissible from person to person, leading to a severe pandemic. End quote. Man, you just can't get closer to the reality, right? It's insane. Um, but yes, it, there's always a drill going on. Yeah. There's always, yeah, always a drill. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, you go to... Um, there are statements about using the media giants to silence the critic. We see that happening exactly as they predicted. Also, the same date as uh, Event 201, October the 18th, 2019, was the beginning of the World Military Games with 10,000 military personnel from 110 nations in Wuhan, of all places. Right. And that would, of course, be military personnel would be, you know, I wouldn't say it was the athletes, but the people traveling with them. They could ideally bring along a, a, a virus to spread at that time. Plus, Netflix in January released a, a three-part miniseries called Pandemic. And, you know, they didn't, you know, make that overnight. That must have been a production for some time. Uh, this points to foreknowledge. Uh, plus, in Israel, they just so happened to be working on a coronavirus vaccine uh, Jerusalem Post, quoting that, says, quote, Israeli scientists are on the cusp of developing the first vaccine against the novel coronavirus. Um, and then they, they talk about the Migal Corporation, M-I-G-A-L, and they quote a scientist there who says, quote, let's call it pure luck. We decided to choose coronavirus as a model for our system, end quote. And then, of course, you've got all these global protests in Hong Kong, yellow vests all over the world that are halted by this. And also, this is the, as I mentioned, this is the first time that Easter services have been canceled globally. And, you know, there's a band, a uh, hard rock band in England called The Darkness. It just so happens that last October they released a album called Easter is Canceled. Really? And you know how, you know how, <laughs> yeah, you know how the, 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 uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the uh, entertainment culture likes to have this predictive programming. In fact, last 9-11 anniversary, I, I gave um, many, many examples of 9-11 was predicted, but there's just too many things predicted, which we should, I'm sure we should make mention of the stock market crash, oh which my. was inevitable. 
And last time that happened in 2008, were, the bankers got the blame. But this time the bankers laughed and said, oh, it's all due to this virus and nothing to do with our, our fiat policies of pumping money into the market. So, yeah, this this looks like there are too many coincidences that people knew that this was coming to say that this was just an accident. You this missed one like more, though, by the way, James, to you, happen this way. You, you missed just one more, and that's Crimson Contagion, which is oh. another drill, uh, another exercise. Oh, I got to look that up. I wasn't even familiar with that. Oh, yes. It's quite awful. Of course, it's a, another simulation to um, the states responding to severe influenza pandemic originating mm-hmm. from guess where, James? One or China? China. There you go. And it was called Crimson. Crimson Contagion. Mm-hmm. A Crimson Contagion. Okay. I'm going to look that up. Um, thank you for passing that on. Uh, it's pretty yeah, outrageous. Uh, that- there's indications of foreknowledge here. So I just, I just have to say this isn't something they lucked on to. This is something that they've been planning for a long time. Oh, yes. And if Dr. Fauci was complicit in this, he should have to pay a crime or face the uh, punishment, rather. Uh, Mike, I'm sure you agree with that, right? Bring these people to justice, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know it. You don't know. I mean, I, I'm so at this point, I, I'm becoming more and more angry about what I hear. He's losing his mind, uh, folks, by the way. Again. I said Mike is losing his mind. I am because I'm I'm so angry that a a a lab or a government or any individual could uh go out of their way to create such a deadly virus and you know it, it, it like how inhuman do you have to be to create a virus and then it, it gets whether it was set free or 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 um accidentally got loose uh, there's, you know, no cure to it. Or at least we don't think there is. Um, uh, so I don't know. I'm just really angry about this whole thing. It, it, it's really getting to the point where, uh, you know, I'm suffering as well. I got my own issues dealing with my economy and, uh, the fact that I haven't worked now. It, it, it's, it's been over a month since I've had any opportunity to work. And I'm, I'm just, I'm really pissed off. Oh, yes. Like most of us are. Yeah, it's, it's starting to show up in uh, in these uh, these uh, global protests, and uh, I think that uh, we'll talk about this around the end. That uh, there, I think there's an awakening happening. Um, by the way, uh, one thing I want to mention too is that uh, in bioweapons, de- uh, don't just involve development. They also ultimately, um, if they're intended to be used as weapons, would involve deployment and. It certainly occurs to me that they could simply continue to, if they deployed this as a weapon, they could continue to deploy it um, so that the f- curves wouldn't be flattened and or create another pandemic later on and uh, cause the uh, lockdown to be either uh, prolonged or resumed. Um, they could just deploy it whenever they wanted to. Um, that would be another aspect of uh, a bioweapon would be uh, – putting it out there uh, through whatever uh, method, method of dispersal they have. Of course, we know they're even using aerosols from from chemtrails these days. It's um, insane, really. And James, are, yeah. you, are, are you familiar with the Christian death cult that comes from, um, what was that, South Korea? No. Uh, what's I that? Th- I it, <laughs> what's that, Mike? I thought there was a band. No. I thought there was a band. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if, if, if there is. There might be. But there is some sort of group. Christian- a Christian death band? Yeah. I think there are a couple yeah, out the, there. 
no doubt. But well, I mean, there is there is a band from L.A. that used to be called Christian Death. I know that, but uh, right, right. I didn't know that there was a Christian Death cult. Yeah, there's one out there in South Korea. The the church, the Shincheonji. Oh, right, right. It's a out there, and they're responsible. They're they're getting fingers blame, pointed at them in response to um, spreading the virus, rather. Oh, well, so wouldn't be the first time. Did, aren't they the guys who went into the subway and and released the uh, the the nerve gas years ago? Like, what was it, fifteen, twenty years ago? That's right. That was them. I'm not sure if it was them, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, but I think yeah, that well, would have been a Japanese terror group, um, very uh, weird, uh, controversial group. Yeah, uh, Korean culture out there, they aren't they aren't very. Um, Accepting of Christianity at all. Well, anybody well, that well, anyway, that, thank you for calling um, uh, our attention to, to that one. I hadn't heard of that one. Yeah, um, you have to look look into that. A South Korean yeah. group. Anybody, anybody who eats bats has got a, has got an issue, in my personal opinion. Well, yeah, I, I that's another whole different thing. Uh, those animals that people like to eat out there—it's pretty outrageous as well. Oh, they'll eat anything. Yeah, I, unfortunately. But James, um, going back to the sort of a drills that we see always going on before a major sort of event goes down, it's quite ironic how these things line up again. Yeah, they seem to uh, play that out in, in different ways. Um, you know, uh, other than the Boston area, they had uh, drills taking place uh, the Boston Marathon bombing day. Uh, of course, nine eleven, they had uh, countless military drills taking place, uh, which did uh, help deplete our air defenses that day. They had a lot of uh, Air Force up in uh, Alaska, for example, um, or deployed overseas on different missions. And, yeah, they. Uh, it seems like uh, the um, they use these drills um, to set up a, a potential disaster. And if it looks like it's not going to work out, if, oh, there's too many eyewitnesses, we won't get away with it, they can just keep it as a drill. But if all systems are go, they can make it that drill go live and go real. And depending, they may have crisis actors ready. There's always, there's always cri- it's a lot of controversy about some of these um, mass tragedies, uh, how real they were and to what degree crisis actors were involved. It wasn't a mixture of both. Um, that, that's probably a path we don't want to go down tonight. Uh, Understood. So, Understood. Stand topic. Yeah. And by the way, if China is responsible for this, what should be the consequence, in your opinion, James? Well, I think it's, it's worldwide. You know, the 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 the, uh, the the lockdown is worldwide. I mean, the brutal measures in England and here in America, um, even um, Justin Trudeau in Canada said there's going to be no return to normal until a vaccine is out. So um this seems to be the powers that be at the top. I don't think it's just the Chinese. I think the Chinese, again, there was Chinese and American scientists together at Chapel Hill who started working on this project that Dr. Fauci's NIH approved in 2015. So I think this is sort of uh, complicit, maybe some some uh, some uh, sword dueling for the public. But I think that behind the scenes, uh, a lot of the, there's a lot of international cooperation going on to, to make this global lockdown happen. Mike, were you going to say something? No, sir. I thought I heard you back there. Nope. I didn't say a word. Understood. And what is the end game 
James, the Deep oh. State's Endgame. What's your take? Oh. On- yeah, Let, let's let's get to that. But you know, I wanted to just talk about a couple of the theories. Okay, um, go ahead. Get to that. You know, one is the five G theory, which I think is worth uh, mentioning, and it's interesting. David Ike was talking about that. He had millions of views. And uh, all of a sudden, David Icke is getting deplatformed. And YouTube has really been going after anybody who says that COVID-19 is the cause of um, the COVID-19, uh, COVID-19 outbreak. Now, uh, I do want to mention that some responsible spokespersons have um, have gone against this. One of them is Derek Bros, who is a very well-known anti-5G activist. He was on with the Corbett Report, and he said – he was living in Houston, which was a rollout American city for 5G. And he said, you know, nobody was coming down with COVID-19 and he did not believe it was related. Although I just want to mention that I think they may have done a soft rollout of 5G. Um, I've seen a paper by Dr. Magda Havas. She's a PhD who studies 5G and she's pointing out that they're working at relatively low gigahertz but they want to turn it up higher. And you have to wonder if maybe in Wuhan they turned it up really, really high. I don't know. But another group that did not believe was connected was uh, 5G Crisis. They're a major anti-5G activist site. I subscribe to their newsletter. And um, they, uh, about three weeks ago, they came out with an email and said, please stop saying that 5G is the cause of COVID-19. She said, they said that it was making their work a lot harder uh, and they said, uh, please hold off on making these kind of claims because we do not have hard science, even though we have hard scientific proof that EMFs, electromagnetic frequencies, are very harmful to human health. We don't have hard scientific evidence at this time that 5G is the cause of COVID. But I also wanted to mention that um, there are some responsible scholars who think that there, there's real, a relationship. One of them is Dr. Ronald Kostoff, PhD from the Georgia Institute of Technology. He recently published a 1,000 86 page paper on EMFs and appendix five is called potential impact of wireless radiation on the coronavirus pandemic. And he thinks that 5G could be weakening the immune systems of people. And it is interesting that Wuhan was the rollout city for 5G in China. Um, and then I mentioned Dr. Meg DeHavis, uh, PhD. She's done a study showing that states with 5G do have a higher rate of COVID-19 than states without it, about double. But, of course, that could be for other reasons. You know, 5G is prominent in cities, which you know have a greater rates of things like air pollution. Uh, and then Dr. Thomas Cowan, um, MD, and Dr. Robert O. Young believe that 5G is related. And I do link to the videos from my web article. Cowan, in particular, has an interesting um, reference to Arthur Furstenberg. You guys have probably heard of him. He's got this book called Invisible Rainbow, And in that book, he points out that there were major pandemics in the past. The Russian flu in 1889, the Spanish flu in 1918, the Asian flu in 1957, and the Hong Kong flu in 1968, which each corresponded to a new electrical or electromagnetic rollout, namely electricity, radio, radar, and satellites. And he says that each time you have a new rollout like that, it impacts the ionosphere, our bodies are largely uh, electrical through our nervous system, or I'm sorry, partly electrical through our nervous systems. And he believes that um, something like, you know, 5G, another new rollout, therefore could be related. And I think that's a, a pretty compelling uh, uh, depiction of history's made and something that should be looked at. 
And the other thing that people are talking about in terms of 5G is um, Chigaki Hakazui, president of the Harmonis Corporation, wrote an article on wireless radiation, and he said that 60 gigahertz, that uh, 98% of transmitted energy from wireless is absorbed by atmospheric oxygen. So that's raised the question in people's mind. If, if people in Wuhan, you know, some of them were dropping dead for no apparent reason, just young people who appeared perfectly healthy. The question has been raised, was 5G turned up to such a level that they were breathing in oxygen that was severely impairing their ability to, to process oxygen because it was taking up all this, you know, uh, high gigahertz energy from from the 5G. Right. That's, that's a good question. I don't think it's been proven. I don't, you know, I think you'd need experiments. Yeah, I'm not. I'm <laughs> not I would a, want to be a volunteer. Yeah, for, I'm not exactly. Kind of thing. But um, mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting question. And also Dr. Rashid Batar has talked about 5G um, having a negative impact on cell permeability that might give the, the COVID-19 virus a better ability to impact human cells. So that's some of the theorizing on 5G. I, I thought it should be brought up in yeah. the discussion. It is quite uh, interesting. I'm not exactly on the 5G bandwagon. I, I do know it's quite dangerous to some extent, no doubt. Hmm? But in terms of, in terms of uh, 5G spreading the virus, I, I just, I don't exactly yeah. see it completely that way since the virus is spread person to person. Uh, person-to-person contact, not through uh, radio waves. However, that's not to say uh, 5G can't sort of affect your health in other ways, obviously. Right. So uh, I'm not exactly on the bandwagon, but I'm not exactly off yet either. Some very, some some interesting things to look into in regards to 5G. Yeah. I think uh, a couple of theories I'll just touch on real brief. Yeah, go ahead. Um, uh, Because this has been making the rounds in all media. There's a Dr. Andrew Kaufman is an MD, and he's talked about how under the microscope, you can't tell the coronavirus apart from what he calls exosomes, which are uh, cellular matter that are removing toxins from cells. Right. And um, he talks about the fact that when cells get poisoned, these exosomes are produced, and he believes that what they're calling coronavirus could be actually exudates from cells, removing toxins, which could come from, he says, a variety of sources, not ruling out. EMFs, you know, electromagnetic frequencies is one of them. And the other theory that I think is a bit compelling is Dr. Stephanie Seneff. She's a PhD at MIT's Computer Science and Artificial Laboratory. Um, she makes a case about glyphosate. She says not only getting glyphosate from our food, you know, the, the cereal too. poison. Yeah. Yeah. But she says we're starting to breathe it in because they now have these biofuels that trucks and buses started to use. And those biofuels that are starting to replace um, diesel are, uh, have glyphosate too. And so people who live in cities may be breathing, uh, glyphosate into their lungs. Right. And she makes the case in a scientific paper that there may be a relationship there, may perhaps contributing to this cytokine storm, this autoimmune reaction we were talking before in the lungs. I, so there's just a couple other things. I can agree that I with that. Yeah, I can agree with that too. That's actually quite interesting. But as far as the end game goes, yeah, the end game. Here we go. You know, I think there's, there's there seem to be three end games. One, of course, is we already talked about Bill Gates, but you know he said uh, one of the thing, quotes from Bill Gates is, "quote It is fair to say things won't go back to truly normal until we have a vaccine we've gotten out to basically the entire world." End quote. And so he wants a global vaccine. Everybody in the whole world to get his vaccine. We've already talked about all the damage those vaccines have done, and you know he's into population control. He says that that's the big problem we're facing. And so if, if he's so worried about, um, 
overpopulation and, and vaccines make you healthier. Wouldn't that go against his, his belief that we need to cut down the population, but if vaccines will actually kill people, wouldn't that be harmonious with his, his belief that overpopulation is our big problem? But let's talk a little bit about why a, a global vaccine um, is not the right solution. And uh, I'm going to quote a guy, um, Dr. Stefano Matanari, he's an Italian nanopathologist, and I'll give you part of the quote, but it's, it's a good one. He says, quote, you cannot vaccinate against the common cold because the common cold does not give immunity. In the course of a life, a person can have a cold 200 times, and at no time does that cold give immunity against the next cold. It's a colossal fraud. We're close to 8 billion people forced to be vaccinated, and it will be unimaginably enormous business, end quote. Now, he talks more, but just to, to, to paraphrase him a little bit there, what he's saying is we never get immune to the common cold, which coronavirus will cause is one of the causes of the common cold, because the coronavirus and other viruses that cause the cold keep mutating every year. You get a new strain. That's right. So you never, you never get immune to colds, and you never get a virus against coronavirus. And this thing is mutating, by Just to tag on to that really quickly, James, this um, SARS-CoV-2 is already mutating for sure. There's already multiple strains out there. So f- to right. come up with a vaccine is, I, I don't even know what to say about that because it's not possible now. Right. Because uh, Bill Gates could come up with a vaccine, but by the time the vaccine is ready, coronavirus, right. if their explanation, this is a natural mutation, which is what they're claiming. It'll mutate into something new as it always does. Coronavirus right. always mutates into something new. So you'll, you get the vaccine, you'll have the toxins in your body, but in the meantime, it won't do it any good against the next strain of coronavirus. But there are a couple other things to be aware of. One is that the, Bill Gates is talking about a new type of vaccine called a DNA RNA vaccine that's going to mess with your DNA. Can you imagine one? You know, as John Rappaport says, what could go wrong, right? And then also, hydro, uh, hydroxychloroquine and zinc are working very well. So we already have a measure that works quite well against uh, COVID. So again, why would we need a vaccine? And then there are countries that aren't using vaccines that are flattening the curves. China, if you can believe them, South Korea. <laughs> right. My wife is from Taiwan. Oh, that's Taiwan's right. not in lockdown at all. Taiwan has uh, – the schools are open. Their businesses are open. They do ask people to wear masks. Um, I forgot your Sweden wife was is, from there, by the way. I'm sorry? I said I forgot your wife was from there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Sweden is not in lockdown, and they're, they're, they're way beating the model of projected deaths. And so that, again, proves you don't need lockdown and you don't need a vaccine, certainly. So there's all kinds of reasons we should not uh, be going into um, a, a, a vaccine. Right. And by the way, James, on a quick note, I'm looking at a photograph of you that I made for the banner for the show here. I have it up in the chat room and you look like a young John Morrison. <laughs> I mean, Jim John Morrison. Morrison. Oh, no, um, I don't know why I said John. Morrison, Jim Morrison. Yes. Which, which, which one that is? You're not t- you're saying Jim Morrison? Jim Morrison. Right. I, I oh, okay. botched my. No, uh, no uh, he was a, well, a lot more talent than I had. And I was just a. You got those sideburns going on. You got the hair. Well, well, yeah, yeah. I had long hair back then. I was in the, you know, I was in the hippie movement. I was just hanging around. I, you know, <laughs> the follower, not a leader. But um, the chat room says you look a little bit like Lennon. John Lennon, right? Or or Nic- Nikolai? I think more like John Nikolai. Lennon. Nikolai. <laughs> oh, please. No, I don't want to be associated with him. Please. I really, uh, <laughs> no. uh, the Bolsheviks are just, you know, they're the, they're the lowest of the low. But anyway, um, uh, besides the vaccine, uh, the other thing is digital ID. 
um, you know, um, again, to quote Bill Gates, because I, I like to quote people on that to say what they're saying. He says, quote, eventually we'll have some digital certificates to show who has recovered or been tested recently or when we have a vaccine, who has received it, and quote Bill Gates and Dr. Fauci has been talking about certificates of immunity. Now, here's one thing, you know, at first I thought myself that this idea of a digital tattoo was just a conspiracy theory, as they say, right? But it turns out that uh, it's not a conspiracy theory at all. And this quote is from the Rice University Department of Bioengineering. Quote, Kevin McHugh, an assistant professor of bioengineering at Rice since this summer, and a team at his previous institution, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, report in a cover story in Science Translational Medicine on the development of quantum dot tags that fluoresce with information after they've been injected as part of a, of a vaccination. The tags are incorporated in only some of the array of sugar-based microneedles on a patch. When the needles dissolve in about two minutes, they deliver the vaccine and leave the pattern of tags just under the skin where they become something like a barcode tattoo. Instead of ink, this highly specific medical record consists of copper-based quantum dots embedded in biocompatible micron-scale capsules. Their near-infrared dye is invisible, but the pattern they set can be read and interpreted by a customized smartphone. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation came to us and said, hey, we have a real problem knowing who's vaccinated, said to Mew who's recruited to join Rice with funding for the Cancer Prevention and Research Institute of Texas, end quote. So there you have it. Rice uh, University, they're talking about developing a digital tattoo at the request of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Now, um, Bill and Melinda Gates are also into this digital ID for the whole planet, the ID 2020 Alliance. Which That's what has, they want. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, on, on their webpage, they've got the Microsoft logo. And um, what I'm kind of anticipating is that what uh, Bill Gates is saying about Pandemic 2 and Dr. Fauci is saying about the pandemic coming back due to his lockdown, which has been named herd immunity, as we said before, that uh, what's going to happen is uh, they'll probably take us out partially of the lockdown. People are demanding it. Governors are starting to cave a little bit. Right. We'll start to get back to work. And then the fall, COVID-19 is going to come back. They're going to turn up the 5G full force. And we're going to see the government saying we have to go back to lockdown. And everyone's going to say, my goodness, we're we're already struggling. We can't go into lockdown again. Please, no more lockdowns. I'll say, no problem. Bill Gates has his vaccine ready now. CDC is approved of it. All you have to do is get the vaccine and, um, you know, uh, we'll give you this digital tattoo, which Rice University is developing. And uh, it'll, wherever you go, when you want to go shopping or when you go to, if you want to go to work, then, um, that's right. You got to do something with my computer here. It's all right. Uh, Go ahead. Stop you know, you know, when, in the uh, when the um, when the uh, Holocaust was taking place, they used to tattoo the Jews as well. I don't exactly think uh, getting a digital tattoo um, is the right thing to do. It sounds sort of like Big Brother or the Nazi concentration camps. It's a little much. Yeah. It also goes to the book of Revelation. Um, The book of Revelation says, uh, when it talks about the rule of the Antichrist, chapter 13 says, and quoting the book, it says, in the second (laughs) part, all people, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or their forehead, so no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark. And, man, this is digital tattoo. That's about as close as you can get to that. I mean, they're going to say that you can't go out to the supermarket and buy or sell or even buy or sell your your skills as a plumber or anything else, unless you've got this tattoo, tattoo that shows you've been vaccinated. I mean, you can't get much closer to 1984 Brave New World in the Book of Revelation than what's going on right now. 
Right. The American Gustapo at your door. Yeah, well, burst uh, in. It's the Bill Gates Gestapo. Or the Bill Gates. Door. That's right. Let's yeah. see right here. Bill Gates shouldn't <laughs> yeah. even be involved in this. No, Bill I Gates agree. Is not. It has nothing to do with anything medical. Why this is even happening is beyond me. Why we're even listening to him is beyond me. Yeah. Yeah. Holy and shit. My <laughs> point exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. The third part I was going to just mention, which Go goes ahead. in with this, is uh, the movement into a totally cashless society. Right. Um. You know, uh, I was talking to a guy who's on a military base and he said that they won't accept cash anymore because it could have COVID-19 cooties on it, right? So, um, you gotta use, uh, credit card, but you know, you've all had that feeling of, uh, credit card that you swipe and it won't work, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, eventually, uh, if they could put a digital tattoo that has your vaccination record in it, eventually it'd be a small upgrade to put your, your financial record yeah. in it. Medical and then history. Swipe that. They're already doing that in places like Sweden that they've got people microchipped and they walk into a bar and they can, or, or store and they can, they can buy with their microchip. That's what they want for the whole planet. Your digital ID will be your key to, uh, buying things. And, uh, we'll go cashless because the cash could have the COVID-19 virus on it, you know, and they're, they're already, they're already saying that. And so, uh, that would be the third element would be the cashless society and you won't be able to buy anything unless you're uh, vaccinated and then your, your, your chip or your, yeah. your tattoo will or, allow you to buy. So, uh, those are the three elements, the vaccine, the tattoo and, or microchip and the digital currencies. Yeah, so, you might be even required um, to have one if you're going to fly somewhere too. Oh yeah, you won't be able to travel. You know, China's like that. They've got this uh, social credit score, and you can travel or get a job or buy things much more easily if you have a high social credit score, meaning government approval. Right. And a lot of people have been saying that China is actually a test-run state for the new world order police state that they want for the whole globe. And oh my, I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And there might be. And uh, James, by the way, what's going on in your town? Are they reopening uh, slowly out there? What, what's the what's the story down there? Well, uh, uh, Charlie, Governor Baker has just uh, announced that we won't be reopening until mid-May. Who knows? They may extend that. Oh, my. Uh, he's just given an order that starting May the 6th, we have to wear masks if we go to the grocery store. Um, we're still considered a kind of a hot spot. Our town did have success. Our town was kind of unique. We stopped 5G in our town. Our, our uh, town selectmen were very alert to what's going on. Thanks largely to Cece Doucette, who's a wireless educator. I have an interview with her on my website and in my book, 13 Pieces of the Jigsaw. She is an amazing lady. She gave a talk at our local library and one of the town selectmen attended and the, they wised up and they actually beat, um, they were able to defeat uh, a proposal from Verizon to install small cell transmitters in our town. So that's one way with, with one good thing about my town. But um, yeah, we're, uh, the whole Massachusetts is, is under uh, sort of a lockdown. We, uh, we have the you know, social distancing requirements. And again, Charlie Baker's ordered the masks. There is going to be a rally this coming Monday in downtown Boston against all of this. Uh, Massachusetts does have citizens who are alert enough to to protest. And this is one of the – I kind of want to end on, on this note of encouragement it, that yes. people are waking up. Um, I don't encourage violence, but 5G towers have been <laughs> – burned down and uh right now there's uh something you can sign it's very easy to do it's called uh, uh you go to the we the people website we've got a petition that calls for quote investigations into the bill and melinda gates foundation for medical malpractice and crimes against humanity humanity uh excuse me um now if they get a hundred thousand signatures it goes to the white house well 
when I saw it on Twitter, it had 289,000 signatures. When I signed it yesterday, it was up to 470,000. I think this is going to go viral. I think they're going to easily pass a million signatures on this uh, uh, request to investigate the Gates Foundation. Um, also, um, I was pleased to see this. Uh, ben Garrison, a very popular cartoonist, he has 2 million followers on Twitter. He put out a cartoon called COVID-1984 where Bill Gates is big brother and he's ruling over the planet. And that has gone viral. And Terrence K. Williams, the black comedian, he prefers the word black, by the way, to African-American. He said that. So, um, but he, <laughs> he put out a pretty viral video uh, right. where he okay. says, I'd rather shoot fried chicken grease up my arm than a Bill oh, Gates vaccine. My. So, you know, this this guy in David Icke's uh, interview in London Real had millions of views and YouTube took it down, but it's still on the London Real website. Uh, I'm hearing from people that there's a global awakening taking place. Uh, uh, London Real recently had uh, – Dr. Rashid Buttar again, the B-U-T-T-A-R. I think this guy is really good. He's very uh, dynamic, very outspoken, and very sincere. He and Judy uh, Mikovits, the virologist who uh, Dr. Um, Fauci had arrested because she was exposing the fact that contaminated vaccines were causing the virus that was causing chronic fatigue syndrome. She's, she's got a book that's sold out on Amazon. It's called uh, The Plague of Corruption. Those two have been speaking out, but uh, Dr. Uh, Buttar was on London Real, and I don't. I imagine that's gone viral too. I don't know how many views, but uh, it's great to see doctors speaking out um, who are honest and are awake and um, I'm just I'm just pleased that uh, amongst all this tragedy that there is a, a, a growing awakening. And, you know, Bill Gates I, and I can say, you know, um, he's a billionaire. Well, Mike Bloomberg was the 12th richest man in the world. He thought he could buy the presidency. That's it true. didn't work out for him. And I think that Bill Gates is learning that just because you're a big shot billionaire doesn't mean that people are going to love you. And I think that right now he, he might be. He surpassed uh, Hillary Clinton and a few other people as perhaps the most hated individual on the planet right now. I'm not sure, but uh, uh, social media is taking a very dim view of this man, and uh, there's going to be a lot of resistance to his attempt to uh, microchip us and tattoo us and force us to take vaccines against our will. If you were still working as an RN, you would have to probably be forced to take the vaccine, James. Well, where I worked um, last uh all the patients got the flu vaccine and they were recommending at that time that right. you get the flu vaccine. I imagine that they, in the future, that they're going to try and mandate yeah, um, that's what I'm the afraid vaccine of. for healthcare workers. And of course, what that's going to do, if they shed the vaccine, the, the virus and they're going to be giving it to their vulnerable patients. Um, it's just a way of killing people off. It's, it's part of this whole, you know, there's a whole, you know, what, I haven't got the quote in front of me, but you know, that, uh, Prince Philip, uh, famously said that, uh, to solve the problem of, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said to solve the problem of overpopulation, I would like to return to the, to this world as a deadly virus, um, which is just what we're seeing happening. But there's so many quotes from Ted Turner saying he wants to reduce world population by 95%. And Robert McNamara used to be president of the World Bank saying that the current death rates must go up to solve overpopulation. I mean, so many quotes from the, we call the global elite talking about reducing world population. There's no question that this is one of the foremost objectives that they have. Agenda 21 in play. Mm -hmm. It seems like it for sure. And by the way, James, you know, lots of people taking the shelter in place very badly, very, uh, lots of adults out there, very angry, even children committing suicide over this, lots of mm -hmm. domestic disputes going on. 
I have to say, thank God there hasn't been a solar flare or an EMP going off. I mean, then people would really lose their minds. Well, you, you know, never know what I they have down the, uh, the road. You know, I, 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 I uh, listened to an interview that uh, Deborah Tavares did uh, oh, two or three days ago on Israeli News Live, and she paints a pretty bleak picture. She thinks that um, with the return of warm weather that, that we're going to start to see more you know, renewal of these um, these fires. You know, the California fires, the Australia fires, that they're going to start – causing more fires in America. And she paints a very bleak picture. And I, I, I tweeted the interview, but I said, you know, if you're really feeling stressed out, I don't recommend listening to it. But uh, they may be planning to make us more depressed and more uh, suicidal down the road. Um, oh, my. Uh, let, let's hope that, that the American people can revolt against this and uh, take back their constitutional rights. And I'm, I'm, I am, again, I want to end on a note of encouragement, not on bleakness, that uh, people are awakening and, uh, let's, let's fight this thing. I, I mean, uh, God's will be done on earth as in heaven. And if the Antichrist does come to power and they, this new world orders, people get their way. We know it's not going to last. They're going to have a short, they're going to have a short victory. I can, I can assure you of that. They're not going to be celebrating. They're not, they're not going to be doing an end zone dance for very long. And Mike, go ahead. Jump in there. Yeah. No, that's all right. Go, ahead. go on. Oh, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I had to, had to make sure I put you up there. I wasn't sure. But yes, James, That's right. Go on. I do want to thank you tremendously for being a part of the program. It's been an awesome discussion, and I'm sure the next one will be even better. Uh, so, James, definitely go ahead and plug anything you'd like. The floor is yours. Oh, well, thank you. Well, my website is jamesperloff.com, uh, P as in Peter, E-R-L-O-F-F. And uh, my article on... Uh, uh, COVID-19 is called COVID-19 Red Pilled. And I'm, like I said, trying to keep that updated. And I have a lot of blog posts there. And, uh, I do want to recommend a couple of books. If, you know, people have time in their hands with this lockdown. So it's a good time to learn about the New World Order. Again, my book, Truth is a Lonely Warrior, is as much as I can make it an A to Z primer on the New World Order. Again, everything from false flags to weather control. Um, you know, just, uh, trying to give people a, in a very reason, in a, in a reader friendly format. You know, I, I have a little character in there I call Marvin who keeps presenting the, uh, mainstream viewpoint and saying, ah, that kid, that's a conspiracy. You know, it, it, he presents a cons, you know, the, uh, mainstream, uh, disagreements with what I'm saying. And since I wrote the book, I get to basically defeat him all the time. Amazing. But, uh, then, uh, I also have, uh, my more recent book is called 13 Pieces of the Jigsaw. And that is some of the best pieces I've written. It includes things I did not go into in, um, Truth is a Lonely Warrior, like the Hindenburg incident and EMFs. And, uh, even the Battle of Lexington, where, you know, I grew up in Lexington, Massachusetts, and, uh, I've learned a lot about the dark side of America's founding and the Battle of Lexington, uh, which started the Revolutionary War and started the United States. After, sorry to say, for American patriots, I didn't even talk about this. I, I talked to American patriots at the, at the, um, uh, start of the article, because many of them are among my best friends, that America was really started as a Freemasonic, New World Order project to throw off the old world monarchies and start the so-called democracies and republics that would eventually turn into this new world order and Battle of Lexington. I grew up there. It was a, it was a trap. It was a, the Freemasons ran that show and everyone from Paul Revere to John Hancock, they're all part of the same Freemasonic lodge. And these are the things you won't read in your history books, but you really, that's the last chapter of my book, 13 pieces of the jigsaw, but you can also read it for free on my website. It's called the secrets buried at Lexington green. Um, but those are my books, uh, 13 pieces of the jigsaw, 
Truth is Lonely Warrior has some older ones as well. Um, I, I won't go into those here. And I'm also on Twitter as James Perleff. And I like to meme a lot. I made a, I made a lot of memes about Hillary Clinton back in 2016. And they made a lot about Benjamin Netanyahu. And right now, most of my memes are about Bill Gates. <laughs> as expected, as expected. So, James, once again, <laughs> thank you so much for being a part of the program. We will definitely do this again in the very near future. Hey, you guys have been great to work with. You know, this has been a good discussion. And we kind of covered this, I think, Fairly thoroughly. I think we did too. Uh, and, and, yeah. Yeah. And, um, we covered the agenda and what's going on and what's being inflicted on the American people and what they've, what they've done to exaggerate this thing. So I think that that covers the main basis. And I hope that, um, you know, um, it's been helpful to our, to your listening audience. Definitely. It was a pleasure and honor to have you on the program yet again. This time we won't wait another year to bring you back. Okay. By the way, I, I mentioned it to my Twitter followers as a call-in show. I hope I didn't make a mistake about that. Uh, uh, if anybody wanted to call in um, uh, to the show, I wasn't quite sure if it were, were a call-in or... Most people uh, are a little know. intimidated to call in. Oh, okay. It happens. Well, it, it, it depends. Yeah, it depends. Yeah. But anyway, I want to thank you guys for providing this format. You know, the alt media is a last line of defense. I've noticed when you go on Google and you start to look stuff up that... They'll say, oh, that's just a conspiracy theory. And the first thing that will come up will be Snopes and then some kind of fact checker. They'll say that Dr. Fauci is the greatest thing since sliced bread, you know. I mean, it's very hard to get anything out of Google. Um, so one reason I've got my article up there is you kind of have to know the URL you're looking for these days. Uh, it's it's hard to find it on the Google search engine. Um, uh, I suppose if you, you look long enough, you'll, you'll find what you're looking for, but they're making it hard, which is what they said they were going to do in Event 201. That they're going to use the social media giants to shut down the opposition. But uh, thanks to guys like you, we, we still have a voice. And again, uh, I guess that's sort of the, the thin line of defense uh, between um, us and the mainstream media that is they're, they're, they've weaponized in order to advance their agenda, these new world order people. My goodness. Once again, thank you so much, James. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Good night, guys. Good night. Good night to the audience. Good night. And there he goes. That was Mr. James Perloff. Great guest. Love talking to him. And, of course, now it's only us. Uh, Mike, what's going down with you out there? Where's the parrot? Oh, they're there. They're downstairs on their cages. I'm probably just getting ready for to go to bed. It's uh, that time. It's usually their, their nighttime, you know. Yes. But, and, uh, and, Mike, as some parts of our... Some parts of our nation yeah, are, are some parts of our nation are reopening, and that's tremendous. I hope that's going on uh, where you're at, Mike. And by the way, I think I think if only the last blockbuster that is left in existence can continue business and do it smart and effectively. And for those who don't know, the last Walmart on Earth, the Walmart, the last blockbuster on Earth is in Oregon. <laughs> I mean, it's insane, Mike. I'm not sure if. If you ever made it a, a blockbuster night back in the day, but there really is one, oh, yeah. well, there's one more blockbuster left in the entire uh, United States, man. It's, it's insane. If you can believe that. Are you serious? Yeah, brother. There's only one left. Where? In Oregon. Wow. That's, that's kind of weird. I, I didn't know that. I know the shit but, we learned. Um, you know, the thing is I own so many DVDs uh, because I, I didn't have, I only just got Netflix about, oh, maybe three, four months ago. And, and actually, it, it was a gift from my friend uh, Jake, who lives in Washington State. Um, 
And I keep like, hey, you you know, you want to watch Netflix? And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? I've been watching the same friggin' DVD for the last ten years, um, but I didn't mind so much because I, I I was not a television person. Uh, I don't watch TV. I don't like watching you know uh, commercial TV, um, and I certainly don't want cable because that's you know it's just sort of the same thing. You know, you used to be able to pay for cable to get movies that were uninterrupted. Now you pay for cable and get commercials on it. Point being, um, I, you know, I, I don't mind staying home and watching DVDs, but I can't deal with television anymore. It's just, it's just full of crap. Yeah, and that's not to say I don't miss going out anywhere. I, I do miss walking around. That's for sure. Well, that's the beautiful thing about here is where I live. I live in rural Pennsylvania. I, I, first of all, I live in, 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 I live in a, a closed gated uh, community. How nice. So... Yeah, it's it's very nice. I feel very safe here. I leave the doors unlocked on my car. I can, leave the, I can go to sleep at night with my door open, and I have it before. Uh, and uh, literally, I'm completely unafraid. That and the fact that I got my 9 millimeter. Yeah, you got a gun. So you're good. Most, <laughs> you're cool. I got plenty of guns. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. But, um, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, here, the only time I wear my face mask is when I go, like, to places like, you know, food shopping, primarily. Um, but here's the funny thing, and I'll bring this up to you. Go Have ahead. you been to Walmart lately? I actually haven't been to Walmart in a minute. Okay, but but you, but you have been there, right? Of course, yeah, no doubt. Okay, you, you know how when you go in, right, and uh, obviously you've got the Walmart section, like, you know, the big store with all its departments, right, and then right. usually by the cash registers, you'll have like H&R Block, Mm-hmm. Uh, some sort of a, a bank, a, an eyeglasses place, yeah, uh, yeah, pizza. You know what I'm talking about? They have all yeah, salon, nails, whatever. You got it. Here's the thing. Now, Walmart is open, and under the same roof are the are the are the companies that are within Walmart. They're closed, but Walmart is open. Hmm. And that's happening there. It, it should be happening anywhere. If you if you by chance go to Walmart where you are. Uh, take a look. Yeah, I have to you know, take a look. Like I said, any any of the businesses that are up front that that rent out from Walmart, yeah, yeah, they're closed. I haven't even well, paid Walmart attention. Walmart itself is open. Yeah, I haven't even paid attention to that. Well, here, my, it's the it's a weird thing because they're under the same friggin' roof, man. That's true. I, I mean, if if you know if you're going to get sick per se. How would the people in Walmart not get sick, but the people who are, are, are have their businesses under Walmart's uh, uh, roof, they got to close down. Look, we have got to get this back together again, man. It, 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 this is a serious situation. I'm at the point where I, I'm starting to finally realize this, and, and not that I didn't realize it before, but it's becoming a lot more serious. We have got to get this country back in order. Yeah, there have been actually, there have been grocery workers that are beginning to die. There, there were stories about that. People that worked at Walmart dying off slowly. And there was really? even a, yeah. And there was also another family who sued and Walmart, they are saying it was a wrongful death lawsuit. Really? Yeah. So there, there's all sorts of stories out there right now in regards to what we're discussing oh, I'll, here. I'll bet. The, oh yeah. The, the, the messed up thing about all of this. Is that we are death dealing trap, Mike. with with a? I'm sorry. I was saying it's a death trap, right? It, it, on on both angles. Uh, one, you got the virus, and two, you've got the economy crashing. 
So one way or another, like you're screwed. Yeah. Anywhere we go. Um, this is, I, I just can't believe we're living through this, Michael. I really can't. These are quite historical times. As I said time and time again here on the program, Mike, uh, we are living through history now. No doubt. And, and, and you know what burns me up the, uh, even more is that President Trump had this country rolling. We were down in unemployment, up in jobs, and every ethnic race in the country uh, stocks were going strong. Everything was moving. And then we just get, you know, I, I got to tell you, it, it makes me feel like this had something to do with the opposing party to Trump that they just wanted to screw him. Now, I'm, not, I'm just saying that that's a that's a possibility. I don't have proof on that. I, I, it's just a, a conspiracy, if you will. That's OK. Uh, conspiracy theory. Yeah, we and, don't know um, that for sure, but it's possible. Exactly. It's possible. And that, that just. If, if people, if people, you know, if that's really the case and they, they did this just to try to screw him, I'll tell you, we've, we've sunk to a new low. We really have. We really have. Hopefully Joe Biden doesn't come out on top of this. No pun intended. <laughs> there's no way, dude. There's, there's no way. How could he possibly win? He's, he's, I heard him address I, those. You know what? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You were going to say. Oh, I was just going to say we played that that audio of uh, Biden trying to defend himself and he didn't do such a good job. Right. I remember when we listened to it yesterday, you, you even mentioned that long pause that uh, he yeah. didn't answer the question. It was a long pause there. So, you know, if, if, if even the Democrats can't see that this that ben, uh, uh, Joe Biden is not fit for the presidency, then they are just as stupid as he is. And he's pretty dumb. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, I believe I it's have that. I believe I have that audio uh, queued up. Should we play a little clip of that, Mike? Of Biden? Yeah, being questioned. Just in Go case someone uh, didn't hear that. Maybe someone missed it, but let's roll the audio. That's your University of Delaware records. Do you agree with the reporting that those records were supposed to be revealed to the public and then they were resealed for a longer period of time until after you leave, quote, public life? And if you agree with that, if that's what happened, why did that happen? Because, look, the fact is that there's a lot of things that of speeches I've made, positions I've taken, interviews that that, that I did overseas with people, all of those things relating to my job. And the idea that they would all be made public in the fact while I was running for public office, they could be really taken out of context. The papers are position papers. They are documents that existed and, and uh, that that when I, for example, when I go, when I met with Putin or when I met with whomever, and all of that to be fodder in a campaign at mm -hmm. this time. I don't know of anybody who's done anything like that. And so the National Archives is the only place there would be anything having to do with personnel records. There are no personnel records in the Biden papers mm -hmm. at the university. So uh, personnel records aside, are you certain there was nothing about Tara Reid in those records? And if so, I am absolutely certain. why not? Why not approve a search of her name in those records? Approve a search of her name. Yes, and How would I, do that? Think that I know, right? Might be related to Tara Reed in the University of Delaware records. There is nothing. They wouldn't. They're, they're not there. And if they, if it's, I, 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 you know, I don't understand what you're, the point you're trying to make. 
Right there, I feel like he's lying, Mike. Of course he is. He's a goddamn politician. Of course he's lying. He is lying out of his teeth. Just hear the man. Let's rewind that just a little bit. Tara Reid in the University of Delaware records. There is nothing. They wouldn't. They're, they're not there. And if they, if it's, I, 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 you know, I don't understand what you're, the point you're trying to make. The point there I'm trying no to make personnel is records that you by are, definition. The point I'm trying to make is that you are approving and actually calling for a search of the National Archives records of uh, anything yes. pertaining to Tara Reid. I'm asking why not do the same in the University of Delaware records, which have raised questions because they were supposed to be re revealed to the public and then they were sealed for a longer period of time. Why not do it for both sets of records? Because the uh. material in... The, the University of Delaware has no personnel files and it has, but it does have a lot of confidential conversations that I had with the president about a particular issue that I had with the heads of state of other places that that would not be something that would be revealed while I was in public office or while I was seeking public office. It just stands reason. The best of my knowledge, no one else has done that either. I'm, I'm just talking about her name, not anybody else in those records. A search for that. <laughs> There's that pause. Uh, Nothing classified wow. by the president or anybody else. I'm just asking, why not do a search for Tara Reed's name in the University of Delaware records? Look, I mean, uh, who, who, who does that search? <laughs> well, wow. University of you're, Delaware. You're, you're the vice, you were the vice president. Uh, perhaps you set up a commission that can do it. I don't know. Whatever is the fairest way to create the most transparency. Well, this is, look, Mika, she said she filed a report. She has her employment records still. She said she refiled a report with the only office that would have a report in the United States Senate at the time. If the report was ever filed, it was filed there. I think he's a line. What? I think he's lying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's lying. Oh, my. That creepy Joe. I'll say. That creepy Joe Biden. You know, I'm kind of disappointed in another man Hi. by the name of Howard Stern. Uh-oh. He was endorsing Joe Biden. Was he now? I believe he was. If I caught that correct, I believe he was. Is he a Trump hater? I think he does actually dislike Trump. I know they were does friends he? for I know they were friends for a while. And you know, I yeah, like well, I like Stern though. You know, I grew up listening and watching him on the E channel. Yeah. I enjoy I've enjoyed him for many years. I respect him a lot. But of course, he's saying he's not endorsing Joe, even though he's saying he's all in. And of course we wow. we've known Howard also uh, to align himself with uh, Hillary. Yeah, yeah, that was in the past. But I mean, are, are are people like him? Are they just so blind that they don't see all the opposing um, accusations going on to the Democrat Party with the Obama administration? I mean, does not do they these people not see that Hollywood um, Hollywood uh, Stern there? Let me, let me tell you something, Michael. As I've mentioned multiple times on the station and to you in private. I used to be a politically correct liberal Democrat. That's hard to imagine, Mike. <laughs> it's hard to imagine. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> but you know what? I wasn't a fruitcake nut, fruitcake nutcase 
like these 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 Democrats that are out today. You know, maniacs like Antifa, who are exactly what they say they're not. Um, uh, and other other various types of Democratic uh, insanity, like AOC, the Congresswoman uh, AOC, who, who who's in her own right mind thinks she's correct about all the, the, the things that she brings up. Anyway, and even and Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, all these people, are, in my opinion, are crackpots. I was never like that. Here's my point, what I'm trying to make. For years, as, as a Democrat, <clears throat> I went with, whoa, I went with what everybody else was and agreed with them, never having done my own research. When Obama was about to be elected, now mind you, I was still a Democrat when he got elected. But when he got elected, I knew something was wrong with him. I, I and I tried to do some research. I was only able to do so much because they they keep a lot of things private, a lot of things private. So eventually, I began listening to the opposite party, the Republican Party. Now let me let me be absolutely clear here. I am not a Republican. I am also no longer a Democrat. But when I listened to what the Republican Party was saying, opposing the Democrat Party, I then began to make my own decisions that something's not right here. And that, after 26 years, that is what made me move from being a Democrat to an independent. It was probably about a year maybe about a year after uh, Obama got elected. And then I began to hear the things about him. The first thing that called me was his birth certificate and him not being born in this country, um, uh, which is a fact. He was born, where was he born, in Taiwan? No, not, not Taiwan. Yeah, Taiwan, wasn't it? I think it might have been Kenya. Or Hawaii. Uh, was it Kenya? Okay, maybe so. it was Kenya. Um, point being, like, it was Donald Trump who brought it up. Where's his birth certificate? Where is his birth certificate? Finally, when it, you know, and then when he finally puts one out, you, you know it was doctored. You know it was. Amazing. The, the whole system is corrupt. And that is why, I'll say it again for the millionth time, that is why I voted for Donald Trump. He is not a scumbag politician, POS either Democrat or Republican. He came in to make the government work the way it's supposed to be working. That means taking more shit from every Democrat and rhino in the in, uh, uh, Oval Office, uh, in Oval Office, in, in uh, government than any president in the history of the United States of America. So, Mike, are you telling me you're not going to vote for uh, Joe Biden? Imagine I'm that. Shocked. <laughs> I'm shocked you're not. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> but there's what someone else. Yourself? Were you? Are you? Do you consider yourself a Republican? No, I don't consider, do consider myself yourself? anything really. Just independent. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just not a part of any of these groups. Never have been, to be honest. You know how can you be with, with all the, the corruption that's going on? It's hard to be. Especially, exactly. especially when you and, know what's and, going on. Everyone has hands. Everyone has hands. Everyone has blood on their hands. So it's it's really hard to uh, choose a side. And you know, Mike, um, one of the when I was a Democrat, 
I tr- I try to do the right thing. Uh, again, politically correct, the liberal. I try to do the right thing. Uh, you know, they say that the Democratic Party is supposed to be the party of uh, empathy and um, help to to other people. But and then you know they always put the Republicans down as being excuse me as being the bad guys and oh they're so evil. Apparently, this whole switch came about when Nixon came into uh, office because it was the Democrats for so many years that were the assholes, having created the KKK and the the segregation between whites and blacks. Um, So, you know, and then all of a sudden, after Nixon got uh, uh, impeached, calm down there, Mike. Well, we're gonna calm down there. You're not you're not supposed to uh, say that about the Democrats. Calm down there. Don't don't say the truth about them and the KKK. (laughs) There, that's a secret there. Yeah, they they don't because they don't want to they don't fess up to their own past, you know, and the things that they that's why they want to tear down these statues and you know they make they 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 the 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 higher ups make the minorities think well you know you we're we're fighting for you and we're doing this they ain't doing shit for the minorities okay nothing and they sure ain't doing nothing for the Caucasians either because I ain't getting nothing for them either okay let's be perfectly clear the Democratic Party does nothing. They sit on their asses for four years and, 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 and claim that the president's involved with Russia. He's having sex with a porno star. He's, uh, he, he tried to bribe, um, well, I don't really have a problem with that though, I mean, you know. Say again? I said, I don't have a problem with him having sex with a porn star. Neither do they're, I. They're both adults, you <laughs> I know. I mean, that was before, <laughs> that was before his presidency anyway. Right. Who cares? Right. How many people did Bill, Bill Clinton screw around with in the Oval Office? Uh, plenty, I'm sure. You gotta admit and, and, though, and you gotta admit though, Mike, uh, you gotta admit though, Mike, uh, you know, he did a great job. You know, he had a good run. Got blown, yeah, got blown in the Oval Office. I mean, that's, that's a highlight. <laughs> Indeed he did. That's one for the Monica highlight reel. Yeah, and she wasn't so well, bad looking, you know, compared to Hillary. So how can we get mad at, at, at our boy Bill Clinton here? And, and then you've got the fact that he was involved with, uh, what was that guy who got murdered in jail? Um, uh, the guy with the, 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 the pedophile. Ep- oh, you mean Jeff- with- yeah, you mean Jeffrey Epstein, yeah. Epstein, Epstein. So now they're even making it a point that Clinton was apparently, obviously, with uh, on that island uh, multiple times. And, you know, everything was hush-hush. You know, they kept it real quiet. But you know what went on there. Oh, yeah. I mean, all, all the girls, are, most of the girls, are talking. Yeah, it's you know? outrageous. So, I tell you, man, it must be really nice to be a billionaire or 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 a Democrat politician. I'll tell you that. Yeah, you just buy people off. Buy people off. You don't go to jail for the, the things that you do wrong. Maybe even uh, buy. Maybe even buy a few humans and keep them as slaves. What do you mean? You know the sex oh, trafficking. Possible. You know that's what's going down over there. Very possible. Yep. I, I, it, it's it's really it's. I tell you, man, the whole world is just effed up. I, I I just cannot believe what I'm living through in in this new millennium. It really is sad. I know it is. And, it's and it's and a it's, sad world, Mike, because you know I can't get the same sort of um, Clinton portrait that Jeffrey Epstein had in his house of, of Bill in a, in a blue dress. Yeah. Thanks to uh, P. M. Chan there for reminding me. Yes, uh, Clinton in a blue dress there, like Monica. Good times. <laughs> Very good times. Good times. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed. I hope you enjoyed tonight's show, Mike. Yeah, it was all right. We had some problems here. 
<laughs> little audio. I had my own problems, man. This stupid microphone. Um, well, I think you just need yeah, the healing of God, Mike. That's what it is. What's that? I need to get drunk. You need a well, that too, but you need the the help of prayer. Mm. And I think I know just what to do here. <laughs> oh, God. I think I might have to play it, Mike. Oh, you're killing me. I might. Well, I think you need it. Ah. You need a little bit of prayer in your life. Here we go, Mike. Oh, I hope put you your have, hand on that. There we go. Yes. Just do it, Mike. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Jesus. Ah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I, feel like Jesus. I feel like I'm being touched wrong. <laughs> it's Joe Biden. Your healing. Joe Biden's going to touch you. <laughs> Say it, I take it. I take it. I have it. I have it, it's Mike. Mine. It's mine. It's mine. I thank you and praise you for it. Praise you, Mike. And I forgive if I have all the I'm helping you, Mike. This is for your own good. And I praise you. That oh, I'm thank well you so much, Michael. It's for your own good, Mike. According to the We're word all praying God, in the chat room for you. I'm here. Thank goodness. Yes. We are all praying. Consider not my own body. Yes, consider yes. not my own body. I consider not symptoms. God, country, and family, Mike. <laughs> in my body. I consider not symptoms. In my but only that which God has promised. Only, only that, that which God, God has Only that what the word has said. You need this, yeah. Mike. I'm telling you. By his stripes, I yeah. was healed. And by his stripes, I am healed now. I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I'm the healed and the devil's trying the to get devil. the flu. Or whatever else. Uh, Goddamn devil. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a devil. You know? well. I thought God created everything on yes. this planet. Now the yes. devil's the one who created the flu. Amen, Mike. Yeah. Amen. Never Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, thank you, Kenneth Copeland, for that. Really do appreciate that. And Mike, you know, this was for your own good. You know, you, you needed to hear some prayer there. Get blessed by Jesus. You love torturing me, don't you? I really do. <laughs> you know I do. You know, you know. I got, I got to tell you before you sign off. You, you know, <laughs> uh, you remember that that succubus I used to date? Oh yes, it's a good thing you're you're not quarantined with her. <laughs> Hell yeah! You guys probably would have uh, killed each other by now. Uh, I would have killed her. She would have killed me. I would have killed her. You would have stabbed I gotta her. I got to tell you this story. Go ahead. So, so her parents, her her adopted parents. Uh, were, or I should say adoptive parents mm. were born again Christians. Okay. So every time I would go, <clears throat> every time we would go over her family's house for holidays, particularly like Christmas or Easter. Now, you know, you know, my background and in, in what I am, right? You, you know, I know, you know, oh, because we talked about it a thousand times. Don't my, tell me, Mike, don't belief. tell me, don't hurt me here. Uh, okay. <laughs> so we would go there and obviously she never told her parents that I was, you know, a modern Satanist um, and my belief system and that I was not, I was no longer a Christian. Right. Right. Uh, or I should say a Roman Catholic. Um, so we would go over to the, to the house, and, especially on Christmas. And so when we would sit down first, first of all, just as we sat down to dinner, the father would read from the Bible. Oh, my. And, you know, me, I'm sitting in the chair with my hand in my head. Oh, gosh, why am I here? And then we would sit down at the table, and then everybody would grab hands, and and they would go into prayer. That was your favorite time, Mike. Myself, God, 
if these people just only knew who I am and what I, what I believe, they would all like, like uh, they'd all vomit pea soup like the exorcist because uh, I'm just, I mean, Hey, look, you know, if that's what you're into, that's what you're into. I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying for a person like me to show up at a dinner where everybody is praying, being a modern <laughs> saint is, is just kind of funny. Uh, that, that is funny. That is funny. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even religious and I feel crucified after that story. <laughs> My God. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Very good. Very good. And of course I have to play this. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Michael and Mike of the Michael Deacon program. That's true. It's goddamn amazing. It's amazing. I agree. I heard you. I heard you uh, playing it uh, right when we came back from the break. I did. Well, that was a different one. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, there's, there's at least two of them, right? Yeah, it's this one that you heard. This one's cool too. This is like if we're going to kill someone before we come on. <laughs> and we're going to hack up a body. And we got this plane in the background. You know, the music sounds like it's like from a crime scene television show. It's a murder song. Goddamn amazing. That's what he's saying. It is amazing. It's true. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's pretty good. He he did a great job. I appreciate that greatly. And Mike, go ahead and plug anything you'd like before we wrap it up here tonight. Yet again. All right, all right. Uh, As usual, my art website, horrible artwork. uh, I'm sorry, art and photographs site, horribleartwork.com. Horribleartwork.com. And uh, my music uh, from the 30 years, all my efforts, uh, is uh, MikeHideous.com, M-Y-K-E. Uh, just a quick mention, real quick. I-, I told everybody I had new T-shirts coming out. There was a problem, as usual. No, no. There was a problem. There's always a problem. Always when a it problem. comes to me and computers because they suck. Because so they suck shit. Um, but uh, I'm working on that this week, and hopefully I'll have it done by uh, hopefully by tomorrow, and then I will try to get the shirts up this week. I got at least six new designs coming out, so that's a start. I want to say thank you to Michael. Uh, you're the best, buddy. Um, good show, and I want to say thank you to the audience for listening. Love you guys. Thanks so much. You got it, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, buddy. All right, take, take care. care. Good night. And there he goes, boys and girls, the one and only Mike Hideous. Of course, thank, uh, thank you out there greatly. Those in the chat room really appreciate you out there as well. And of course, thank you to uh, Dave and Christina. Don't forget if you are a listener or a fan, as they say, a hardcore, go to patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon and you will get bonus material. Anything does help to keep the ball rolling here. And yes, those who have donated, I, I really appreciate that for sure. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. And of course, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, and Spotify. Yes, I appreciate that. Yes, the, the, the mods. Yes, the mods in the chat room. Thank you so much for your hard work as well. I know it's not an easy task to uh, get rid of the scumbags out there for sure. And I do wish you all the very best. 
I really do. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody.